and welcome to Books in Crannies, a book lovers podcast. I'm Danielle. And I am Sarah. And this is episode five, y'all. Episode five. Episode number five. Oh my goodness. We're turning it into a musical. <laughs> obviously. We've been singing a lot today. <laughs> we have. So maybe we just need to also sing on the podcast. No. Nobody wants that. No. Nobody wants that. <laughs> um, this episode, y'all, is a little bit of a change of pace because yeah. if you've listened, you know that we were knee deep in the world of Akatar. We read the first and we got halfway through. Well, maybe a little more a little than halfway more than through. Halfway. Akamaf, but we're taking a break. We yeah. left you on a freaking cliffhanger. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not but, trying to be mean. No. <laughs> but maybe a little. But maybe like kind of. Just a little. But you'll get over it. Gentle bullying never hurt anyone. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get backlash for that. <laughs> um, but we're glad you're here. Yeah. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about the Midnight Library. By Matt Haig. Yeah. And this is an entirely different genre. Very, very, very different. Sharp turn. And a very different experience reading yeah. it. Yeah. Um, And just, you know, the whole vibe. Yeah. It's completely different. So buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> if you haven't read it, you should probably do that and then come back. Yeah. Don't listen to this unless you have read it. Right. Or don't want to. If you And want... you just want someone to tell you about it. Tell you about it. In just not good. Yeah, no. In absolute <laughs> chaos. In a way that makes little sense. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we're pretty good. It makes a little sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, before we get started, we do want to throw out a trigger warning, just a disclaimer. Um, this book touches on unaliving yourself and starts from the very, very beginning. <laughs> the very beginning. Um, the main character. Decides she doesn't want to live anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so shall we dive in? Dive <laughs> in? It's already going to be again, weird. Always. Great podcasting Always. day. <laughs> Every day is a great podcasting day here. Absolutely. Um, Grab and, a drink and your favorite snack. Yes. Get and let's cozy. get started. Or if you're driving, pay attention to the road. Yeah. You could still have a snack. <laughs> you could. Just like one hand on the wheel. Okay, please. <laughs> don't be like munching a burger or something. Or you could. I don't know your life. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> let's get started, y'all. Yes. So, uh, yeah. The Midnight Library. We start in a library. Very fitting. Yeah. There's a small prologue. And it starts saying 19 years before Nora decided to unalive herself. Is that right? No, it's 19 years before she decided to die. Okay. I don't know if we can say die. I mean, but... I think so. Okay. I think it depends on the platform more than the... Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so that's what it starts you off with. So you kind of already have this, like, ominous sense from the very get. Yeah. They're like, so just know that that's going to happen. Yeah. In 19 years. But she's talking to Mrs. Elm. Did we say her name? Nora. Nora is the main character. <laughs> Nora is the main character. She's the one we're going to be talking about mainly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's her journey. Yep. You know? But she's talking to Mrs. Elm, who's like her uh, school... School library. Librarian. Yeah. I was going to say library teacher. <laughs> school library teacher. And today, class... We're looking at books. <laughs> Organizing. Dewey Decimal System. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we learned about that at one point in school. Yeah. None, sure. Nonetheless. <laughs> She's a librarian. Um, but they're talking about 
Mrs. Um is essentially telling Nora that she can, like, be whatever she wants to be. Yeah. Like, don't get stuck in one idea. You could do anything, mm-hmm. including be a glaciologist. Yes. They talk a lot about glaciologists. Gla- glaciologists. <laughs> that word feels wrong to me. What, glaciologists? Yeah, is that how you say it? I think so. Mm, I don't know if that's true. I'm just kidding. It probably <laughs> is, but it sounds weird. Nonetheless, they're going over options, and then Mrs. Om gets a phone call. Yep. And we don't really learn what this phone call was until later, but yeah. her face falls, and yeah. she's like, yeah, she's here. Mm-hmm. She being Nora. Being Nora, we obviously. They're the only two there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's where the prologue ends and you start heading into 19 years, 19 years later. And Nora is going through it, y'all. She is. She, this is for 27 hours before she decided to die. Yeah. So we're getting down to the wire. Yeah. It just jumps from 19 years ago to the day of. Well, 27 hours is not the day of. Sorry. A day day before. Okay, geez. Geez. (laughs) (laughs) Nonetheless, it drops you right in. The countdown's on. And Nora is just having a bad time. She is. She's having a really bad time. Stuff just starts going wrong left and right. Yeah. Um, First thing being, she gets a knock on her door and there's a man who tells her her cat is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, died. Yeah. Dead. <laughs> Her cat is not just gone. It's gone gone. I was trying to avoid the D word. <laughs> sorry. And you said multiple variations of it. Trying to keep you on your toes. Keep myself on my toes. Died dead. Died all the way dead. Um, I'll stop. Sorry. But <laughs> her cat is on the side of the road. Lifeless. Yep. And Ash is a surgeon. That she met at she some met point. when her mom was in surgery and yeah. he was nice to her. Mm-hmm. But then didn't he like come into her work and buy something? Yeah. And he asked her for coffee. Yeah. And yeah. she didn't take a bop on it because yeah. she was engaged at yeah. that point. Yeah. But yeah, he's the one who comes to the door and helps her go bury her cat. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. And when they go retrieve said cat, Nora talks about, of course, feeling sad for her cat, but then lets on that she feels envious. Yeah. So it's right in theme with her countdown at the yeah. beginning of the chapter. And then after she bears her cat, she goes to work. Mm-hmm. She works at the string theory. And she's late to work because, you know, she well, just buried her cat. Cat situation. And her boss is kind of a dick. Yeah. Neil? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure his name is. Come on, Neil. Come Relax. On. Relax. Be nice. Well, it may be true that Nora does this a lot. I mean, Maybe Neil's like, I'm sick of this nonsense, Nora. Yeah. But anyway, he reprimands her. He's like, dude, what the heck? And she's like, listen, I'm having a hard time. They talk a little bit about her mental health and how she was diagnosed with situational depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just like, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Sorry. But I'm here now, Neil. Yeah. Um, but then we also s- learn that uh, she's been working at this store for 13 years. Which 13 is years. a long time. It's a very long time. She's And she's 35 and has a degree. In philosophy. In philosophy. Yeah. So she could be doing other things. But she sort of stayed stagnant, seemingly, at the string theory, selling instruments and, and such, mm-hmm. is what it seems like. Music-related um, things. Music items. Paraphernalia. <laughs> we also learned that she teaches piano on the side. 
But um, she only has one student. Just one. So she's not like out there making bank on Yeah, piano she's not lessons. she's not a full fledged teach, you know? <laughs> just like dabbling in it. Yeah. Um and she used to be in a band, so that ties back to all the music nonsense. Mm-hmm. With her brother and his best friend. And uh Speaking of her brother, yeah. Neil tells her that her brother came into the store yeah. on her day off. Yeah. And she's like, Well, that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Like he knows my day's off. <sighs> he avoided me. Rude. Yeah, that's really rude, Joe. Poor, What's that about? Poor Nora. I know. Uh, the brother's name's Joe. Ravi's the best friend they're yeah. mentioned. Um, and then we also learned that, like, not long ago, she backed out of a wedding. Yeah. Two days before it was supposed to go down. Yeah. And it was shortly after her mom died. Um, so we learned a lot about a lot yeah. about Nora in that conversation with uh, Neil. Neil. <laughs> I almost said wheel as if that's a name. <laughs> I know that's what you want to name your next child. You know it. Come Put here, a little finger down. Wheeling. <laughs> wheeling. <laughs> I guess <laughs> they better be really good at wheelies, <laughs> or else they won't live up to their namesake. No other option. None. <laughs> um, but then Neil goes ahead and freaking fires her. Yeah, and he says something about like I don't, I can't afford to keep you on payroll when your face is always so something i don't remember what he said but he just blames her face for firing yeah, your her. face i'm like face. that's kind of rude it's she's been rude. working there for 13 years and yeah. all of a sudden you're gonna fire her because, because of, of her face her face <laughs> which if she has situational depression then i'm sure that's part of it yeah uh but neil like you should have said something prior to the day of the firing yeah the the reaping if you will yeah, well, and he, I mean, he's nice. He says something along the lines of, like, I know that you can do more than yeah. this. Like He's trying to, like, encourage her to yeah. be more than what she's been for yeah. 14 years? Is that what he said? 13. 13. I was close. 13. I was almost there. Lucky number 13. <laughs> uh, so she's upset. Yeah. Naturally. And she leaves work. Yeah, which is not her work anymore. Sorry, Nora. Yeah. Um, and she runs into Ravi, who is Joe's her best friend, brother Joe's best friend, Ravi, who is resentful, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, we learned that her fiance, ex fiance's name was Dan, mm-hmm. and that the band they were in, the Labyrinths, Ravi, Joe, and Nora, got like a record deal or yeah. were offered one at least, and I mean, they yeah they were offered. Turned it down. Um, and Nora, in this conversation with Robbie, was like, well, I had Dan and, you know, I told them that they should sign you with or without me. Yeah. Um, and he's still upset. Yeah. He's obviously. salty. Yeah. Um, and another big reason that she left was because she was, like, dealing with her mental health and having panic attacks all right. the time. And right. No yeah. one can be understanding of that, which is, like. It's huge. That's hard in that situation you know i know yeah yes (laughs) and if you've never gone through it yourself i feel like it's so hard to grasp it like you hear so much like oh you just need to exercise yeah you need to just get over it smile thanks yeah thanks for that that's truly helpful it doesn't at all make it worse yeah um but she has that interaction with robbie she also runs into carrie ann which is like a person from her school yeah, and during the interaction with Robbie, she asks about Joe. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And he tells her that he did see Joe while he was in town. And Yeah. Did- um, says something along the lines of, like... He seemed um, depressed. Yeah, Joe's depressed, and um, he's like, we could be in Malibu right now, but instead we're here, and it's all your fault. 
Yeah. Because you left the band. Yeah. Yeah. So your future and happiness relies entirely on Miss Nora. Yeah. And that's the only reason that Joe won't see you. Right. Because he's pissed you at you Because you messed still. everything yeah. up. Yeah. Which is wild yeah. and really rude. Robbie, you should find happiness in and of yourself, yeah. my dude. Um, but she runs with Carrie Ann also. It's somebody from school. And they talk a little bit, a bit about, like, Carrie Ann and her husband having had kids. Um, and that's a brief interaction. But Carrie Ann does resurface eventually. Yeah. But then after all of that, she tries to text her best friend, her former best friend, I guess. Yeah. They aren't Close cur- currently best friends. Yeah. Yeah. With no response. Yeah. Izzy and is the name. And like, you know, Nora said, like, that's her last hope for someone to, like, comfort her in this moment when she's just having a bad time. I know. I mean, she got burned by her, well, her cat. Obviously, her boss burned her. Yeah, Robbie's out here throwing resentment left and right. Yeah, not at all understanding her situation. Her brother won't talk. Her to brother her. won't talk to her. So everyone's leaving her hanging, and yeah. she was hoping that maybe Izzy would, you know, respond at least. Yeah, I do wonder though if, like, in her text to Izzy, if she'd been more like, "Hey, I need you." Yeah, I think it was just like a, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, if I remember correctly, I don't know, but like she should speak up about her needs too in some yeah. way. Totally. But that's hard. I don't know. Maybe if she was a little more pushy, Izzy might have been like, oh, snap, girl, you good? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. But then she is left on read by Izzy, and she has a degree in philosophy, and they she, throughout the book, she... <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> she quotes Thoreau, Thoreau a number of times. Yeah. And in this interaction after Izzy, she quoted him in saying, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live life you've imagined. And she doesn't feel like she knows what that is. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't feel like she has an existence, a reason to exist anymore. Things keep dropping. Yeah. Um, and then come to find more will slip out of under her. But she quotes him in, like, is obviously having these dark thoughts and sort of existential dread about, like, why am I even here? Mm -hmm. My existence doesn't have much of an impact. Yeah. (sighs) Which is only exasperated. Yeah, she gets a phone call from the one student that she has. Her his mother calls and is like, you're an hour late for the lesson and we're waiting for you. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah, I think she says they're an hour late and, like, Essentially alludes to the fact that they're going to drop his lessons. Like, yeah, they're not going like, to do them anymore. Nora's like, I'm sorry, I'm almost there. And she's like, don't bother. He's thinking about quitting anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so she's losing that. Yeah. And then her elderly neighbor, Mr. Bandree, I think mm-hmm. is his name, which that's a hell of a name. <laughs> and I like that for you, old guy. Um, but she had been helping him, like, pick up prescriptions and stuff. And he also, like, brushes her off. Like, yeah. I have somebody else to do it for me. I don't need you yeah. to do that anymore. So literally any ties or responsibility that she had mm-hmm. have been ripped out from under her in one day. Yeah. Those, like, the things that were giving her a reason to live. And yeah. Even if there were just little things, you know. Yeah. I any mean, little thing to hold on to is... When you're feeling like that. Yeah. And the fact that it was all of them. <laughs> like, you know, take or <laughs> all leave at once. once. Yeah. Right. Everything just hit the fan all at one time. Yeah. It's terrible. So naturally, she's not feeling so great. Um, <laughs> and ends up going into her apartment and decides that 
she wants to unalive herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this last ditch effort, she does call her brother and he doesn't answer. So she leaves him a voicemail. Um, and she writes a note. I don't know if we want to read the note. Um, I'm going to read the voicemail that she left her brother. Okay. I can pull the note up as well. Um, So her voicemail to her brother said, I love you, Joe. I just wanted you to know that. There's nothing you could have done. This is about me. Thank you for being my brother. I love you. Bye. Yep. That's sad. Can you imagine getting a voicemail like that? I know. I know. I I mean, it would cause panic. It's just like cryptic wording. It's kind of clear her intention. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's, there's nothing left to interpretation in that. Yeah. Um, and then she does leave a letter or a note. This is on page 23. She said, dear whoever, I had all the chances to make something of my life and I blew every one of them through my own carelessness and misfortune that the world has retreated from me. And so now it makes perfect sense that I should retreat from the world. If I felt it was possible to stay, I would, but I don't. And so I can't, I make life worse for people. I have nothing to give. I'm sorry. Be kind to each other. It's very sad. Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't feel like her existence offers anything to the world anymore. Yeah. And (sighs) so she takes the plunge. Um, and instead of, you know, drifting off to nothing or whatever or whatever, who knows what happens. And maybe this does. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) She heads to a sort of in-between. Yeah. She, like, kind of comes to consciousness, but it's clearly not in her apartment. Yeah, no. It's, Um, like, foggy, and she's outside of a, like, big grand building. mm -hmm. Like, crazy columns. Yeah. It looks very ornate. And she's like, what the dang heck? It's like a cathedral. A cathedral. That would be intimidating. It's like, are you the gates of heaven? Or, (laughs) like, what is this? What is this? But uh, she then goes inside, and it's a library. It is. Um, And she's about to, like, pull a book off a shelf and gets warned to be careful by some voice behind her. Well, and the whole building is very ominous. Like, walking in, she says that, like, she takes a step, and when she turns around, the door is gone. And all of the windows that she saw outside are not inside. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, an endless labyrinth of bookshelves. Yeah. So all points of entry are gone. You're now trapped in this weird, dark, mysterious corridors of books. Which, like, books, though? I mean, yeah. (laughs) But then someone's telling you you can't touch them. No, thank you. Is this hell? Be careful. careful. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Hell is being trapped in a library that you cannot touch any of the books in. Uh, <laughs> it could be worse, I suppose. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But that that's not cool. And then we come to find that the voice who told her to be careful is Mrs. Mrs. Elm. Or at least some portrayal of her. Yeah. Um, And she, we find out that she was the one who told her that her father had died. Yeah. That was that whole phone, phone that call. That was the phone call. Phone call in the prologue. And she, um, like, stayed with her and held her while she waited for her mom. Yeah. And her mom took, took an hour. An hour. Which is insane to me. Yeah. Because... Like, wouldn't you want to get to your kid immediately? Right. You'd think that they'd want to be with family, or the mom would want to be in Or, like, the family. mom would want to be the one to tell her that right. her father is dead. Not just... Who called Mrs. Elm? Yeah. Was it the mom? And it, you're asking the librarian to pass to tell on her. this yeah. life-changing news, and then you don't show up for an hour? That's 
wild. It's I mean, insane. It, it paints a picture of like the relationship that she has with her mom. Clearly, yeah. it's very healthy. Yeah. Um, and even when Menorah's mom does come get her, the mom is like, "Is she inconsolable?" No, she's like completely detached. Like she like ignores the whole Nora. car ride. Nora's telling her mom that she loves her, and her mom just doesn't even say a word to her. Yeah, she says. And Joe is in the back seat, just like. I don't know what he's doing, but no, it seemed. I feel yeah. like I remember he yeah. was just sort of shut off. Um, so that's great, and it definitely paints a picture of that relationship. Um, and then she asks Mrs. Elm if she's dead, if this is some sort of afterlife, mm-hmm. and she's Mrs. Elm says, you know, it's it's an in between. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little column A, little column B, <laughs> and each book in here it represents or is a possible life that yeah. you could have or could still live live which if you just undid uh, one little thing yeah 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 i feel like when i read a book i'm living different lives same so that's an interesting concept and yeah. i love that it's presented for nora in that way of like a yeah. library of just books to scan through and it's endless and like, it's endless. endless possibilities endless possibilities infinite mm-hmm. infinite infinite there's an extra t there sorry i tapped my mic don't get mad at me um <laughs> i'm pissed <laughs> So there are as many lives or books, they're one and the same, as there are possibilities. Um, and then all of all of the books, all of these possible lives are starting now. Now being midnight mm-hmm. on the dot. They're all starting at the same time. So it's not like she would go to a new life and have started over. Like right. she wouldn't be 10 years ago or whatever. No. She would be hopping into somebody's In life. That exact moment. Hopping into, I guess, her own life, but yeah. led by a different version of Nora. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> um, <laughs> when in this moment, like when Mrs. Elm is telling her about the library and what it's all about, Nora's like, man, I can't even do anything right. I can't even become unalived correctly like yeah can't even do that even that failed me yeah um yeah she's going through it she's like man through it my failures led to just another failure yeah and i'm sure it feels like she's stuck now into in this space which is still a sort of sense of existence you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like she's still aware she's still conscious yeah so she's like defeated the purpose yeah but um mrs elm goes on to bring out the book of regrets Mm mm-hmm how would you feel about being presented with a book of your regret? regret? I feel like that thing would be massive. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's would, right? I mean, it's described to like hold every single big or small regret you've ever had since birth. Yeah. And I think about that and I'm like, what regrets does a baby have? I mean, I don't <laughs> were know. there any in that section or that chapter? It's I like, don't know. damn, I regretted not pooping in my diaper instead of i really regret blowing out on my auntie that one time and getting poop in my hair my child um yeah i don't know but it's it's from the 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 dawn of time yeah the dawn of nora time she does say though that it's not like a chronological book um like the regrets are listed in order of I don't know, importance, I guess. Like, the tiniest regrets are at the beginning, and it gets bigger and bigger from there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so then, if you flip to the back page, you're just immediately hit with all of your <laughs> like, most <laughs> effective regret. <laughs> effective? Terrible? 
Uh, sure. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. But um, the, the biggest regrets that affect yes. your life the most, so I guess that was sort of <laughs> correct. But anyway, uh, Mr. Selm's like, you know, go ahead, scan through. <laughs> Take a peek at all of the things you have regretted in your life. And she essentially is pushing Nora to, like, pick a regret that she wants to undo. Yeah. Um, and when Nora does flip through, it's, like, overwhelming. Yeah. It starts sucking the life out of her, it, it sounds like. Yeah. That's how it's portrayed. She's, like, losing strength and... Yeah. yeah. It's a dementor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly like that. That's what dementors are. Regrets. <laughs> <laughs> dementors are actually books i love them <laughs> yes i actually do that's an entirely different book um yeah so uh, mrs elm has to like get Nora's attention and pull her away from the book but Nora has to be the one to close it yeah mrs elm cannot close the book for her right which that's what's the rules there why i'm sure it's because like i don't know she has to like take power over it in some capacity. Yeah. Sort of own them. Like, no one else can undo your regrets for you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that no, has hey, anything to do with maybe it. Maybe or... a new regret is opening that book. Maybe. <laughs> Jeez, I really regret regretting all of these things. <laughs> and looking at them. <laughs> Fair. I don't think I, mean, I want to look at them either. No. I mean, I have nights where I, like, uh, something that happened ten years ago comes in my head. I'm like, wow, that was really not cool of me. Yeah. And then feel overwhelming regret. Yeah. And do you ever think about, like, man, what if I hadn't done that? Like, what would be different about this moment right now if I hadn't done that? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think about that. This book is right up my alley, y'all. I just... I didn't preface with that, but like these are the kind of conversations I love having. Yeah. Like existence, the possibility of multiple uh, lives mm -hmm. that are sort of sprouted off every decision you could ever make, which yeah. kind of messes me up because I'm like every small decision even could be a big decision. Absolutely. In the yeah. long run. Like, <laughs> what if that aunt I killed yesterday <laughs> could have saved the world? <laughs> I went to like Aunt Teresa. <laughs> I was like, Sarah, you should not be admitting that on a podcast. <laughs> what if that bug I killed yesterday? <laughs> That's probably better. That's probably better. But yeah. Could have cured cancer. That bug. I, you never know. Is a genius. It was. Was a genius, Sarah. I... <laughs> <laughs> you ended. <laughs> Scientific research done I by end, an ant. I ended the Einstein of bugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you never you did, know. But maybe it would have only been like ant cancer, so it wouldn't have applied to us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <coughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I we you know, so she closes the book of regrets. We got off on a side tangent, we did, so I kind of did. forgot what was happening. Uh, she closes she closes it, the book, and Mrs. Tom is like, you know, what's the first one that you want to focus on, mm -hmm. or what, what's the first one you want to undo? And she picks... She decides that she wants to not break up with Dan. Right. Dan being ex-fiancé. Ex-fiancé. And so Mrs. Elm, the shelves start like freaking sliding by all quick and being crazy. And Mrs. Elm seems to have power over them. And she's like, summons a book to her. And Yeah, and the way I pictured this was like a floating book. Like she has... Um... Levitation. Levitation. Wingardium Leviosa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Levitating books. Yeah. Flying everywhere. Everywhere. All over the place. She brings one to Nora's like, open up. Mm -hmm. Read the first page. And then Nora's gone. Yep. And by gone, I mean she's now in a different Nora's body. Yeah. She just like <laughs> appears outside of a pub. 
dude, how messed up would that would be? Because again, you're not starting at the beginning of a life. I know. You're starting in the <laughs> middle of one. And I know you had a question about this. I did, yeah. I... <sighs> I'm like, okay, so what happens to the consciousness that's, like, living that life when she comes? Like, where do they go? Yeah. Where where does where does secondary Nora head off yeah. into? But then is it all her? But how how? I mean, if if it if it every... can't be because there is a point. I mean, yes, it's her, but there's a point later in the book where she is like about to leave a life, and she says that she can feel the other Nora like standing back, ready to take her place when she leaves. But is it like? I mean, yeah. But then I'm like, is it, you know, the the memories of that part of Nora, Nora returning rather than, like, a whole new entity? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. It Plot questions. It <laughs> really bothered me this entire book. Every <laughs> single time she jumped into to a new life, I was like, but what yeah. about the other one? Yeah, there's no explanation either. It no. never really tells you what the deal is there no. what the diddly bop because even if also mrs elm's whole thing is like if you find a life that you aren't thoroughly disappointed by and want to leave lead then you can like stay in that life yeah you'll stay there forever and eventually you'll start remembering things and yeah you know you'll forget about the library so eventually you're gonna like steal yeah. someone else's life where is that person gonna go yeah what are they gonna do do they go to a different in between and in in between between <laughs> and in between the in between i don't know great don't know question it, they never answer it either it what do y'all me. think <laughs> it really bothers me um and nonetheless she shows up she's in england outside of a pub in Ork or oxfordshire <laughs> y'all Ork Ork Ork. <laughs> i'm starting off really strong really strong it's fine in front of an inn or a pub i should say which was always dan's dream mm-hmm. dan wanted to own a pub in this exact location yeah uh and make it big and so when she pulls up outside of it she's like oh wow we accomplished said dream and is really hoping that in this life she has happiness mm-hmm. uh she passes by people that seem to know her and she has no idea who they are obviously because she, she does a really good job of pretending yeah and she kind of like yeah she totally BSs see her way through yeah totally <laughs> i feel like that's enough if they ask her anything personal though like, I, know. <clears throat> I have to poop <laughs> <laughs> gotta go anything to get out of that conversation um and then eventually she stumbles upon dan yeah He's in the pub. He's got a drink in his hand. He's drunk. He's drunk. He's already drunk. And the they... first thing she says to him is like, hey, I'm proud of us. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of us. You know, we accomplished our dream. And he's like, huh? He's like, what? Ugh. Okay, well, I was just cleaning out this line. Yeah, whatever. And she's like, oh, Nora. yeah. Totally. I don't have time for you. Right. I mean, that is kind of an off-the-wall thing to say yeah. out of nowhere, especially if that life, Nora could give to true shit very true um well and we learned that they're like having financial troubles they're having financial troubles so he's like shut up yeah (laughs) they're having relationship issues yeah um she talks to him sort of briefly he's kind of condescending he's Mm -hmm. like laughs with her laughs at her like yeah at her expense at her expense he asks her a question Mm -hmm. about uh, like in the pub 
that night they had like trivia or something and he asks her one of the questions and she knows the answer and he laughs at her. Like, yeah. Of course you would know that. Okay, Dan. Ugh, Relax, Dan. Just because you don't know the answer, you fool. You fool. <laughs> Freaking jerk. But yeah, he seems like kind of a shit person. Um, and Nora's not feeling it. She kind of starts talking about how she's having trouble remembering him as he was. Um, and has a quote from Thomas Hobbes that says, imagination and memory are the same thing, which mm-hmm. I wrote down because I was like, um, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit. like, that, that brings into my mind the conversation around, like, are your deja vu moments that feel like memories or dreams, are they just, like, from another Danielle or another right, Sarah? Another... Yeah, sending messages down your soul bond. Yeah. Because you're all the same, but different. But different, yeah. I don't know. trippy. I know, I know. And then people, they say that in your dreams, all the faces that come to your mind are people you've seen before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is that only in this plane? Oh. Or is it like people you've seen in other lives? That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Like some me somewhere could live in Australia. Right. I'm dreaming about the faces I see. Yeah. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe the people in your dreams are like your husband or your sister or it whoever in, in a, a different, different life. life. Yeah. Yep. So that got me thinking. But <laughs> That's weird. I know. Right? <laughs> Memory and imagination are basically the same. Yeah. That trips me out. Now yeah. I'm going to think about a dream and be like, oh, no. What's happening to other Danielle? <laughs> Am I dead? <laughs> <laughs> Is everything Okay. Uh, Anyways, her and Dan are talking, and mm-hmm. he mentions a woman named Erin who he saw Nora talking to earlier. Yeah. Um, and asks how the conversation went, and she was like, oh, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> and he was like, really? Yeah. Which, why are you yeah, shocked why are you by that? weird, dude? Mm-hmm. Uh, we find mm-hmm. out a little bit about the band situation and how essentially Dan, like, completely tore that plan down yeah didn't care about her dreams at all was only focused on his yeah she has a memory about like the uh label that wanted to sign them and how she was gonna write into the contract that he could travel with her everywhere and right they were gonna see the world together and he told her that's your dream it's not mine mm-hmm. which is messed up because she made the pub her dream as well because it was his dream i know i know and we couldn't do the same as for if her. the pub was her to, hers to start dan Come on. You could have supported both ways. Maybe if she had, uh, you know, made a big in a band, you'd be able to afford a freaking pub without financial insecurity. Yeah. (laughs) Rude. Uh, We also forgot to mention that uh, This Life Nora has a cat. Oh, yeah. With the same name as her cat, but Mm -hmm. it's a different cat, obviously. Yeah, it's a different cat with the same name. Voltaire. Mm-hmm. Volts, Voltsy, but it's a different guy. She's like, you're an imposter. Yeah, you are not my Volts, no. sir. She calls him Volts number two. Volts number two. <laughs> he got demoted, um, and she's just continually getting the ick from Dan in the way that he's talking to her. Same. Yeah, same. He sounds like a prick, <laughs> yeah. and he's drunk, and he doesn't have any sort of like emotional intelligence. And yeah, he's no. just sort of being rude and condescending. It took about. 0.2 seconds for me to hate him yeah same yeah same i mean even in her root life like before she entered the midnight library he had texted her drunk or something mm-hmm. and was like i miss you yeah so he's a real character yeah uh but we then find out that aaron the lady that he had brought up before is someone he had an affair with mm-hmm. in this life yeah the pub life yeah 
um, multiple times and tries yeah. to play it off like, well, I was drunk. It didn't mean anything. Yeah, and we were having issues with the the pub and I was so stressed. I'm yeah. like, okay, so you're blaming your dream that Nora helped make come true. Yeah. For as you're using that as an excuse to cheat on her? To cheat on her. That's messed to wreck up. your marriage. I know. Um they have financial issues which we talked about, but he's just like pretentious. He's drunk. He's arrogant. Mm-hmm. And we also learned that they had a little like tiff over um Ash asking her for coffee. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he like overreacted about that and she situation. Never and she even didn't even said, do anything. Yeah, she didn't entertain it at all. No. She just told him as like a funny this happened to me. Yeah. I feel like if I told my husband that, he wouldn't be like, mm, I can't believe you. <laughs> you cheater. Uh, and she starts to realize, there's this quote on page 58 where she says, she had shrunk for him, but he still hadn't found the space he needed. So she kept putting herself into this small box mm-hmm. to make room for him. And seemingly he still needed more and more and more. Yeah, he was than still she could give. asking for more. Yeah, more. she gave him everything seemingly that he wanted. And still it wasn't enough. Yeah. So I feel like that's like the lesson that she draws from this. You know what I mean? Because I feel like in each of these lives throughout the book, she learned something about herself, about life. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of impacts her for the better. And then this one is just sort of shrinking yourself to watch someone else grow. Um, But if they can't do the same for you, like, there's no point. stop. So she's obviously very thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. And heads on back. Starts to feel the tingle and goes away. The tingle. That would be a trip. Yeah. To just hop in and out of lives. That you don't know anything about. So Mm -hmm. you're just kind of like making your, making it up as you go. Wild to think about. Yes. Uh, She gets back. To the library. Mm-hmm. And she worries about the version that she left behind. She actually asks Mrs. Elm about it. Like, what happens to that, Nora, yeah. when I leave? And Mrs. Elm was like, have you ever forgotten what you went into a room for? Have you ever just forgot what you were doing? And I was like, dude. Yeah. And we don't talk about these podcasts before we record them. And there was a moment where I like had forgotten what I walked in the kitchen to. And I remembered that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what? Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, I don't think anybody (laughs) invaded my body, but who knows? Who knows? Um, But that's messed up. Because how often does that happen to you in a day? Yeah. Just one day. All the time. All the time. Literally all the time. And every time I'm all like, (laughs) silly ADHD, but what if it's actually just someone stealing my body? (laughs) Someone who's experimenting (laughs) with your life for a second. Like, mm, no, nah, I'm good. And they're like, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> Man, me too. Oh, I'm Sarah. just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I Mostly. <know>. My, <laughs> I mean, some days, you know, take it or leave yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's weird explanation, Crazy Mrs. To Elm. Think about. Yeah. I'm like, I feel it's got to be more than that. And she, she says briefly, like, she'll have some recollection of the conversation that just happened and mm-hmm. everything that, like, transpired. And then just sort of be hazy, which is bizarre. Um, and Nora keeps going on about, like, she doesn't know what she wants. Yeah. How there might never be a life that she does want. Um, and Mrs. Elm sends something along the lines of, like, maybe it's a lack problem more than a want problem. Um, like, you just haven't 
had enough of the things that fulfill you in life Mm -hmm. more than the want to unalive yourself like it may just be a lack problem you need to supplement yeah yeah and then um, and then mrs norris starts pushing her to like choose another life Mm -hmm. and she chooses one where she's a good cat mom yeah (laughs) she uh says something about like uh yeah, she wants a life where she kept him indoors, the cat, and where she didn't try to unalive herself and was a good cat owner. Is yeah. how she said it. She didn't let him outside. Yeah. Um, and then she goes into that life only to find that Volts was already <laughs> dead anyways. Yeah. Poor kitty. Had I know. A, had a Cardi- cardiomyopathy. Cardiomyopathy. Or something. And he was going to die no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then Mrs. Elm is like, Oh, well, I guess she obviously is very disappointed and goes back to the library immediately. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> Grieves the cat all over again, yeah, basically. I know. And then Mrs. Elm is like, uh, you know, your cat being found on the side of the road and being hit by a car are two different things. And Nora's like, oh, yeah. There now that a- I think about it, there was no, like, gore. No external damage. Yeah. It was, he was just, he was just gone. On the side of the road, gone. Um, and Mrs. Nora's like, so you weren't a bad cat mom. Like, he loved you as much as you loved him. And she says, the year that he was with you was the best year of his life. Oh, (laughs) Bolty. Makes me think of Molly. Yeah, oh. I know. She was sweet. Um, in that, though, she then, Nora, sees that that regret disappears from the book. So she's, like, starting to learn things that sort of correct her regrets. Yeah. And make them less of a regret. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I mean, if you form a regret based on something you don't actually know anything. Yeah. Like, you don't know the true root of. Then, right. uh, at least she can get rid of them, I suppose. Yeah. <clears throat> make that book a little lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next life she picks, she decides to see what it's like if she would have gone with Izzy, who went to Australia before the wedding would have happened. And so Nora didn't go with her because she was going to get married. Yeah. Um, and Izzy's kind of salty about that, which I think is why they fell off a little bit. Yeah. She wanted Nora to go with her. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, let's try that out for size. <laughs> <laughs> this one made me laugh because she gets into the world and she's in a swimming pool and almost drowns to death. <laughs> jumps in and is underwater yeah yeah that would be alarming and i mean she she has a history of swimming uh which we didn't mention like she was a really really good swimmer and ended up quitting because she was seen in the pressure yeah Yeah. but she's swimming yeah that would be alarming can you imagine just being like dropped into a swimming pool and and she's in the deep end i was gonna say i'm not a super strong swimmer (laughs) me neither (laughs) And and if i was like unprepared yeah i feel like that could go very wrong yeah for sure. I mean, Mrs. Elm did say it's all lives, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're jumping into lives, so don't, yeah. you know, immediately end one. <laughs> um, and well, she... and if she dies in a in a life, she's stuck there. Yeah, it's I over. Mean, I mean, it's over. She everyone, can't come back. Yeah, root life's gone. She's gone. Yep, gone, gone, and gone, 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 gone. For real. Um, and when she gets there, she's sort of confused. You know, she. Mm-hmm. Is just in a pool. No, no Izzy in sight. There's no just Izzy. some like randos around her. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> like, hey. has no idea where she is. Yeah, and the people seem to know her as yeah. if she's a regular at the pool. They're like, "What up, Nora?" <laughs> um, and she finds that she has like a locker key. Finds her clothes. 
And her cell phone. And her cell phone always is Googling herself in these yeah. new lives. Um, and in this one, it seems like she posts uh, <laughs> poems yeah. that are very, like, emotional. Yeah. Uh, emotionally charged. Yeah, for sure. One of them called Fire. Mm-hmm. And she looks through some emails, sees that she had emailed an aunt or something um, and had given her address to yeah. that person. So she's able to find her apartment. And go yeah. check out her digs in this Australian life. Yeah. And she walks in and there's a little short-haired, blue-haired person sitting in her living room, like, playing video games, smoking pot. Yeah, it's definitely not Izzy. Yeah, no. And she's like, well, what the heck? I was supposed to be here with Izzy. Where is my Izzy? Izzy's not here. What am I doing with this random lady? <laughs> it feels very much like college dorms uh-huh. when I'm a 35-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, and they have some interaction. This roommate made me laugh so hard because she's like total conspir- conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Like talking yeah. about cats and you can't touch cats because you'll get sick and die. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of bacteria or whatever. Toxoplasmosis. It sounds very intense. It does. I have two cats. I'm still living, I think. So, <laughs> but she is very much like trying to warn Nora about that. And I was like, I mean, okay. I've had cats, but we don't need to talk yeah. about that. Um, <laughs> Let's see. And she... She asks her about Izzy. She does. She asks, like, you Where, know... Where's Izzy? Where's Izzy? And the girl seems very confused. Uh-huh. Like, Nora has lost her mind. And says something like, oh, what, the girl who died? Yeah. And, of course, Nora is in a tailspin. I, yeah, point. I think she said the car crash girl or something like that. Yeah. Not... The, yeah. the girl that died, but... So then Nora, like, starts Googling her and finds yeah. eventually that... Finds the whole story. Izzy's dead. She was in a car accident. Um, yeah. And it sort of made me think back to the poem that they talked about, or, like, showed in this chapter that was mm-hmm. called Fire, and it very much felt like the grief from Izzy, she was trying to use it to, like, get herself somewhere better. Yeah. Um, but in all of this chapter, it seems like she is putting on a facade of happiness, a facade of, like, being okay when very much she's not. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine. Like, I, you know, you're not allowed to go anywhere. Uh, that would be ditto. a terrible, ditto. terrible turn of events. It would be a terrible. A terrible. <laughs> um, and so, naturally, she's very much disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> Big disappointment. Goes back. To the library to Headed visit good old Miss Elm. Yep. Mrs. Mrs. Elm. Mrs. Elm. Yep. She's like, what the heck? You could have warned me. Yeah, she gets back and she's kind of pissed. Yeah. She's like, what the heck, Miss Elm? Mrs. Elm? Yep. And I f- she, she asks also, sorry to interrupt you. You're she kidding. asks Mrs. Elm why she stayed in Australia mm-hmm. after Izzy died because that's the only reason she went was right. to be with Izzy. Yeah. Which is a great question. Yeah. And Mrs. Elm tells her that, you know, she was grieving and she kind of got stuck in her grief. Like, yeah. She was just she was just depressed and down a hole, numbed. Um, and Nora feels that there's not going to be any life where she won't be stuck. Yeah. That she's just sort of floating through, not changing, um, yeah. stuck in sort of a pattern in any of them. That's what she assumes. And they they have a little conversation about fish and how yeah. fish get yeah, depressed. Yeah, what's that about? And <laughs> it just, 
I was like, is this, are these real facts? Because I want to make sure that my fish is not depressed. Yeah. I want to know. I have to know. What is the science behind this? Are you a scientist? We should explain what it is, I suppose. Uh, They essentially said if a fish is depressed and you draw a line on the fish tank, it won't go above that line. Yeah. But if it's not, then it will go above the line. Yeah. I've never heard of this day in my life. I haven't either, and I, I want to test it. We have a beta fish at work, and, you know, I've always... This is totally a side tangent, I'm sorry, but <laughs> betas can't, like, have other fish in their tank because they're aggressive and they'll fight. Yeah, males. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's what ours is. And I'm like, that's got to be lonely, though. For sure. But also... Now I want to I mean, know if my fish is depressed. <laughs> you got to draw a line on the I'm tank gonna, and report back. I will. Stat. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> Update. My work <laughs> If fish you want to is... know about my work fish, follow us on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a whole video just for you. You'll have to record it. <laughs> and you're like, nothing's happening. I don't actually know what I'm looking for. Like, what if he just likes to be at the bottom of the tank? Right, right. That is weird. Is there science behind that, guys? Who's a uh, scientist? Does anyone study fish behavior and depression? Please let us know in the comments. <laughs> in the comments. On YouTube. On YouTube or any other not podcast platform. Anyways. It's not the point. But she (laughs) talks about how she had stopped swimming um, because she was too much in the spotlight and didn't want to be seen. So she felt stuck there. She felt like the dad was very much under the mentality that the entire world was out to get him, Mm -hmm. including Nora, because she stopped swimming. Mm -hmm. And that's why he was so hard on her. Another person blaming Nora for their shortcomings. Yeah. yeah. I can't be successful unless Nora does this. Right. It's all up to Nora for everyone else's success. Yeah. Robbie and Joe. Talk about Dan. Yeah. Why is it on her, guys? Come on. Get your own freaking lives. (sighs) But, But then she decides that she wants a, like successful life Mm -hmm. and that she wants to see what would have happened had she pursued swimming yeah um if she hadn't quit yeah and she wakes up in a really fancy hotel room yeah and googles herself immediately yeah as one would and finds that she's like a multi-metal olympian uh-huh. Uh, a philanthropist. Uh-huh. She's like a, a speaker, motivational speaker. She's doing all this stuff. She has a whole TED talk about like, be true to yourself. Be you shamelessly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that is very uh, ironic considering yeah. you're not you. Yeah. But you are, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Who is you, Who Nora? are you? She's trying to find that out, I guess. Danielle. <laughs> um, and she learns that she's got to do a speech. She's got to do a speech. She's also really strong in this life. Yeah. Um, she's like she freaking... says she can do a one-handed plank. She can do ten full push-ups. <laughs> I'm like, ten? Wow. Yeah, I can't do one. I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> but she starts working out. She's like, cool. Yeah, I got she's muscles. like, heck yeah, look at me. I mean, if I was, if your body, that's nuts too, man. Not only are you jumping into a whole new life, but like your whole entire body is different in every mm-hmm. life. Mm. Yeah, that's wild. That would be wild. Um, but anyways, she also searches for Izzy on Facebook mm-hmm. when she's, you know, investigating her life. Yeah. Um, and finds that, you know, Izzy's still alive, but they aren't yes. friends at all. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but at yeah. least she's alive, I guess. They're not even, like, social media friended. No. 
Yeah. So they're not even acquaintances. They're not really. talking. Yeah. So at least she's alive. Yeah. But they don't get to know each other anymore. Yeah. And then she gets a call mm-hmm. from Nadia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, who the heck are you? Who is this Nadia Who's lady? this? And Nadia's <laughs> like, you want to talk to your dad? Yeah. Which her dad is dead in her real life. Yeah. So she's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Say what? Yeah, let's talk to him. Yeah. Except I'm scared. <laughs> uh, which, fair. That, yeah. That's a trip, too. Yeah, I mean, she finds out some kind that, of gross yeah. shit. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> but he's alive. Nadia is stepmommy. Stepmommy, um, who her father had an affair with. Yeah. Cheated on her mom. Yeah. And she's, like, the mom of another Olympian. Yeah. Af- Olympic athlete. Mm-hmm. They had an affair. Yeah. And she thinks about how... Because she pursued swimming as Olympian, et cetera. Like, he got all that he wanted Mm -hmm. um, of his dream because Nora lived it. But he's still, like, super curt with her and rude and sort of standoffy. Yeah. And still acts as if she could do more and do better. Yeah. As does everyone. That's the story of Nora's life. Really sad. Yeah. She finds out that in this life, her mom died a lot earlier than she did in her root life. Um, because... Because of the affair, she started, like, drinking and turned to the falling bottle. down a hole. And she died alone. Yeah. Neither Nora or her brother were there. Because she wouldn't let them be. Yeah. Because she was afraid they were going to make her quit drinking. Right. So sad. It's very sad. So sad. But she does seem to have a relationship with her brother. Yeah. Who is her manager. Yeah. For seven years. Yeah. Manager for seven years, married to Iwan. Iwan, yeah. We this is the first time we learned that Joe is gay. Mm-hmm. Which His husband is Doctor Iwan. Yeah, yeah. They're Hell cute. Yeah. I like them. They seem to be. He is a recovered alcoholic, like his mom. Well, his mom was. Now. <laughs> she is. She not never recovered. recovered. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! But he did, so that's good. good he for went him. to university in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Joe talks a little bit about Ravi, how he ran into him or something. And, and Ravi still seems to be resenting yeah. <laughs> Nora, even in this life. Yeah. He doesn't seem to get over it. And Joe says he doesn't ever really think about that having panned out. Yeah, no, because he's perfectly successful because of Nora. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, she has to go make her speech and she is not prepared. She's not a freaking motivational speaker before she makes her speech though she um like digs through her own purse and realizes that she's on antidepressants in this life and she's kind of disappointed in that yeah she's (laughs) like well dang this should be a happy life i shouldn't need them right yeah but even as a multi-medal winning olympian philanthropist etc is still depressed she's still got mental health issues um which is unfortunate yeah and she's not at all prepared to give a speech in front of a thousand people about a career in life that she has nothing, no idea about. Yeah, she has nothing to go on Yeah, here, yeah. Except for what she Googled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she's, like, shy and not a person who yeah. would public speak. Yeah, can you imagine? I cannot. Can you imagine me hopping into a life like that? <laughs> I would be a puddle. I feel like you would have gotten out of that life a long time ago. Absolutely. <laughs> you wouldn't have let it play out this far. 
Um, let it. I guess you have to hit a certain amount of disappointment. And yours would have been when you found out you had to give a speech. Yeah, for a I would people. look at. I would take one look at that itinerary and be like, "Bye, <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, thanks. I am out of here." Other Sarah's got this though. <laughs> um, and as like the person who's speaking before her is wrapping up, Nora tells her brother, "Like, I can't do this. I can't do this." And he says, "Don't let us down." Mm-hmm. Because it's not about Nora. It's about everybody who wants her to be what she is. Yeah. Again. 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 There's also, there's a woman next to her in the audience who brings up Portugal. And I know it was brought up once before this by someone. Um, Like something that happened to Nora in Portugal. I don't know that we ever learn what happened. She does see scars on her arms. That's right. That she wonders if they're self-inflicted. Yeah. So that could have been what happened in Portugal. Yeah. But she never gets an answer directly. Yeah, because she's whisked up on stage as soon as the woman says something. I know. She (laughs) is whisked up and the speech that she gives is wild. I have a page marked for a quote if you're down to hear about it. Absolutely. I also do. And I wonder if it's the same one. What page you go into, friend? 111. Me too. Oh, snap. Yeah, I'm going to let you handle that. Snippity snap whap. <laughs> Not sure what that means. Oh, um, this is the tree thing. Yes. Yeah. It's multiple things. There are a lot. It's it's a it's... lot. I won't read all of it. Um, but she starts by saying, life is strange. How we all... How we live it all at once in a straight line. But really, that's not the whole picture. Because life isn't simply made of things we do, but things we don't do, too. And every moment of our lives is a kind of turning. Mm -hmm. She goes on to say that life is like a tree. Um, The tree that is our life develops branches. And think of all those branches departing from the trunk at different heights. And think of all those branches branching off again, heading in opposite directions think of those branches becoming other branches and those becoming twigs and she's essentially saying you know this the the infinite possibilities that our life are this tree that's ever growing Mm -hmm. and every changing yes (sighs) yeah yeah which is the the root of this whole concept yeah um about you know (laughs) the root like i did it intentionally (laughs) i did for sure for sure no um but it's a very deep philosophical speech and i'm sure it's very unlike that life nora oh yeah like nora's not going up there and being like let's think about existence yeah she's like yeah you can do anything you aspire to yeah she's supposed to be like motivating yeah not like so let's (laughs) that definitely shows in like the faces in the audience. Like, yeah. She says that everyone is just kind of deadpan and staring at her like, what is going on? Yes. But then she spots Robbie. Yeah. In the audience and he's the only one smiling. hmm Yeah. Which I'm like, why is he there if he's still salty about things? I think like, Joe mentioned that he would come. Okay. At some point. But yeah, he's there and seemingly like digs the speech, which is interesting. Yeah. Maybe he needed that. Maybe, you know? yeah. Maybe he needed that messaging to be like, dude, you could do whatever you want. Heck yeah. Instead of sit and resent. Yeah. Mint. Go make something for yourself instead of spe- expecting someone else to do it. Yeah, buddy. Come on. Um, She does go on to say too, like, it can drive you insane thinking of all the other lives we don't live. Yeah. Which it very well could. Very true. <laughs> if I got down that path, I'd probably go insane. Because <laughs> um, it's it's insane. <laughs> yeah. It is inherently. Um, <laughs> and ends with success isn't something you measure in life isn't a race you can win. Yeah. And it, I mean, I feel like it was a good speech. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, me too. I was into it. It was very deep. It was. And everyone else was like, what? 
actually just happened. This is not what we this came is here for. Not it. <laughs> Um, and she just doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, no, she ends the speech by, uh, telling Joe that she loves him, and mm-hmm. then she goes on back to the library. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Heads on back. Back at it again with Mrs. Elm. Mrs. Elm. And there seems to be a system error. <laughs> there is a problem. There's something afoot. The library is shaking and shuddering. Uh-huh. Uh, the lights <clears throat> are flashing, and... It, it's a problem, obviously. <laughs> Mrs. Elm uh, like tells Nora that the transfer back to the library looks looked fragile, like something is wrong. Yeah, and this whole concept of because she essentially suggests that like her root life, her body could soon be lost. Yeah, like it could be over soon. Yeah, and that idea troubles Nora enough that because she starts thinking about death in a negative way, mm-hmm. the library writes itself. Yeah, like all is well again. Yeah, it seems like the uh, d- <laughs> its longevity and the way that it functions is based off of her her mindset. Her mindset. Yeah, yeah. like she's got to stay positive mm-hmm. to keep this process going. Right. She doesn't, yeah, if she's seeking the end, then yeah. it will come for her. Um, and she says to Mrs. Elm, you know, that she just kind of wants happiness. She was never really expected to do anything by any of her family. She mm-hmm. she says, like, except for swimming, outside of swimming. She wasn't ex- expected to pursue anything, whereas her brother was. Her mom didn't even want her to kind of do anything because she didn't want to lose her. Yeah. She wanted to keep her there. Yeah. So she's never really got to explore what would make her happy. Yeah, and that's sad. I can't imagine, like, I don't know, my family being supportive of, like, my brother's dreams, but yeah. not being supportive of mine. But completely disregarding anything outside of this one tiny box that yeah. they've put you in. Yeah. Like, that's really terrible parenting. Sad. Yeah. You could be whatever you want to be, Nora, which is what she thinks of. Mm-hmm. And it brings her back to the conversation from the plo- Prologue, prologue <laughs> with Mrs. Elm. Yeah, about being a freaking glaciologist. Thanks for saying you are it. Welcome. I appreciate you. <laughs> I got you. I know what you need. <laughs> you sure do, and it's not that freaking word because it sounds made up. Um, <laughs> the English does not English in my brain. But anyhow, she is sent off to become a iceberg studier a glaciologist <laughs> a glacier studier anyway and wakes up on this little boat in she kind of like a dingy room Svalbard. yeah yep that's the name of the place great uh, <laughs> Falbard? Svalbard. i don't know Svalbard. s-v-a-l we're cultured Svalbard. uh yeah there yeah. on a boat there's vodka and cigarettes <laughs> and, and a, a lady and a lady named ingrid i love ingrid me too i like ingrid she starts talking to nora and asks her like what brought you here so far away from civilization yeah um and what are you escaping from and nora just like kind of brushes it off yeah and asks her instead. She's uh-huh. like, no, you, Ingrid, you tell me, yeah. sucker. And <laughs> Ingrid's like, well, I lost my husband and, you know, she, couldn't escape his ghost. Yeah. She wanted to be somewhere that he had never been. 
and where his ghost couldn't haunt her. So she left. She left, but she Oslo. says, you know, it doesn't actually work all that well. <laughs> like, yeah. it only half worked because places are places, memories are me- memories, and life is fucking life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, true facts, Ingrid. <laughs> like, it all is what it is. It's you true. can't really change. Yeah. Change the state of the state. Yeah. Unless you're in Nora's position. I guess, yeah. Unless you end up in a freaking (laughs) in-between. And then she meets Hugo. Yeah. Were you going to say something else? I was. I was going to talk about the gun in the cabin. Oh, yeah. The bang-bang shoot-shoot. The bang-bang shoot-shoot. She's got one of those. She does. Happy Nora, like, sees a shotgun in the little cabin that they're in, and she's like happy because it makes her feel like she's on an adventure i'm like that's why are those two correlated why (laughs) you can be on an adventure without without a firearm without pew pews (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to be going bang bang anywhere (laughs) well (laughs) yeah that is a strange comment nora yeah okay she's like it is an adventure because there's a pew pew (laughs) Um, and then the next morning at breakfast, she, she meets, meets Hugo, Hugo Lefebvre. Yeah. Sounds French. Yep. Um, he and comes and sits with her. He sits with her and he seems kind of shifty. You he know, does, he seems yeah. like he's hiding something. He's a little antsy. He's got eyes about him. You know? He does indeed. Those eyes that you're like, what are you up to, Hugo? Yeah. And he's like, hey, nice to meet you. And she's like, I mean, yeah. Nice to you meet too, you I too, guess. buddy. And then she asks him how long they've been on the boat. Uh-huh. Because they're on a boat. Yep. (laughs) On a boat. Uh, And and he tells... (laughs) They've been there for three days. Three days on a boat. They're going somewhere. Mm -hmm. And he informs her that she is to be the spotter. The spotter. And she's like, what is that? She's like, cool. She's like, yeah, totally. I'll do that. (laughs) I want to be so good at that. (laughs) I'm going to rock the spotter. (laughs) Um, And we learn. Yeah, yeah. Pretty quickly what spotting is. Yeah. It, uh... (laughs) turns out that it means you're gonna be watching for polar bears yeah we learned that we're going to bear island which sounds <laughs> ominous why go there <laughs> well you know study I guess. science they're it's important i Come suppose on. no it is really um, yeah but she's supposed to look out for polar bears on bear island so it yeah. sounds like a hell of a job yeah <laughs> and she's armed with a flare that's meant to alert everybody else yeah has a gun and i would assume the flare would kind of like spook a polar bear too maybe Maybe. i don't know i don't know i guess probably not if i was a polar bear i don't know that i would be spooked by a little bit of red light yeah and i feel like polar bears have to work really hard for food absolutely and they're endangered so they're extra sparse in the way of eats yeah uh so they'd probably just be like yeah that's nothing very true look at me i'm a big bear (laughs) (laughs) rawr (laughs) don't step to me um but she also is armed with some pots and pans. <laughs> yeah. That she's meant spatula. to bang together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there a spatula? I think so. You know, to bang on. Bang, bang, bang. Couldn't you just bang the pans together? I guess. I guess. I think she only has one pan. Oh. And Why not get two? Forget it. Come on. <laughs> and. <laughs> Anyways. She's standing around. Walking in circles. Waiting. Keeping thinking. watch. She's thinking about, like, solitude. Yeah. Um, and being alone in that moment makes Nora think about, she says, she thinks about how humans often forget that they're only one of a million species mm-hmm. when she's that, like, alone in nature. And I'm like, that is very true. Yeah. One, we don't give two shits about this planet Earth that we're on. Yeah. 
humans to like you know since we are so evolved and rule so much of the world mm-hmm. the rest of the species are ancillary but when you're in their territory yeah you're nothing but a meat bag you are a sack of meat <laughs> a sack of meat that's kind of frozen in this circumstance <laughs> um and then she has a memory of ash Mm-hmm. who was talking about Dunbar and said that humans can only know 150, like, they their brains only have the ca- capacity to know 150 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we are so connected in social media and stuff, like, we feel more disconnected inherently because it's above our capacity. Yeah. Is that There's true? There's too many people in there. Is that true? I feel like it probably is. I feel like I know more than that. Maybe Same. I don't. I don't or know. I, do. I don't. I wonder if it's like close relationships. That's what I was gonna say. But is it like deeper relationships? Like, yes, I can picture probably 150 people <laughs> or more. <laughs> Are they from this life or other ones? Do I know them? Yeah. You know, not on like a deep level. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's just acquaintances are counted. Or, Maybe. like, people you see every so often. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it made me think a little bit because I have a job where I, you know, talk to, like, at least 20 people a day and, like, get to know them in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, like, remember things about these people. So is that one of your 150? It might be. But I feel like there's more than that. Like, I know a lot of people. (laughs) We should tally up the people we know. We should. And see if it fits in that. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyhow. um, Then, all of a sudden, a walrus. A walrus comes out. And she thinks it's a bear. She gets scared as heck. Yeah, but I'd be afraid of a walrus, too. I would, too, 100%. They're huge. Yeah. And they have tusks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are they, they do? Deep? <laughs> Are they... Teeth coming out of their face? Because they come out of the face, right? They do, right? Or do they or come they, out do of they their not? mouth? Are they big teeth? Are they just what giant What are they made of if not teeth? teeth? <laughs> They've got to be the same thing as teeth. Right? But I feel like they come out of the... They're above? Not here. <laughs> Horns. But like That's here? what you're thinking of. <laughs> Little pincers, yeah, but they now, look like teeth. Now I have to Google if yeah, tusks we need to know. come out of their or face somebody, or out of their mouth. Somebody can educate us. Please let us know. <laughs> Nonetheless, are you walrus. a tusk expert? Expert? <laughs> a tusk expert? Not even like a walrus expert. <laughs> no. Well, I guess other animals have Strictly tusks. a tusk es- expert. <laughs> That's a, that was wildly <laughs> hard to say. Tusk expert, it is. Yeah, it's the S K and the E X. <laughs> Nonetheless, dumb. That's a very specific field of study. But if you are a tusk expert, let us know, please. We're and, desperate. Anyway, she, the walrus settles in. You know, they're both yeah. just kind of ignoring each other. Yeah, they're like I don't see you, you don't see me. We cool, we cool. You don't bother me, I don't bother you. And then a polar bear does show up. Yep, an polar actual bear. bear comes out of the fog. Yeah, and she's like, oh shit. I would be terrifying. I'm gonna fire this flare real Hefty quick. Hefty no thanks. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't want to be face-to-face with a polar bear. Absolutely not. Who's I don't want to be face-to-face with any bear. No, not really. But especially not a polar bear. Yeah, none of them. No. No. 
I'm good. Don't Anyways. buy me a bear. She um, fires the flare and the bear just keeps coming. Uh-huh. He's, He's like, like I don't silly. care about your flare, you stupid human. Silly human. I'm hungry as hell. I haven't had eaten in weeks. So he comes, he keeps charging for her. Maybe mm-hmm. not charging, but walking with purpose. Yeah. <laughs> she starts... At this point, yelling for Mrs. Elm to bring her back. She's uh-huh. like, I don't want to die. Yeah. Bring me back to the library. Which, like, her comrades are probably like, what yeah. is this girl saying? Yeah. Um, but she starts fiddling with, well, she thinks about the gun, but she's like, there's no way I would be able to figure it out mm-hmm. in time. So she starts banging wildly on her pot mm-hmm. or pan, whatever it is. And chanting at the same time. Yeah. But she's not scared. Yeah. I'm not scared. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Clearly terrified. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the bear can smell it on her. Uh-huh. Um, but in that moment, facing a polar bear, she realizes that she does not want to, in fact, die. Yeah. She wants to live. Yeah. She she wants this life or her life, whatever life she ends up with. And the polar bear goes away mm-hmm. with her frantic screaming, etc. Yeah. And so then after all of that, she, you know, this life is intense, but it's not bland like her root life. Yeah. You know, where she's sort of been conditioned to expect mediocrity and disappointment. And she goes on this whole family history about how that just sort of runs in her family. In her DNA, yeah. Um, How everyone in her life sort of gets the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. And that the only meeting that matters is... What? <laughs> being the world witnessing itself. I'm not sure what I said Excuse about that. There, there's a quote. I can find it really quick unless you have one instead. Um, I do have a quote, but I don't know if it is pertinent right now. Okay. Well, I can find mine real quick. Um, On both... This is on page 137. Hey, same. On both sides of her family, there had been an unspoken belief that life was meant to fuck you over. Yeah. So that just shows, like, her family kind of ingrained into her brain that, like, you know. Yeah. Nothing is ever going to work out in your favor. No. You're just constantly going to be hitting difficulty. Yeah. And sorrow. Yeah. The quote I selected is also 137 to 138 and it says maybe that's what all lives were though. Maybe even the most seemingly perfect, intense, or worthwhile lives ultimately felt the same. Acres of disappointment and monotony and hurts and rivalries but with flashes of wonder and beauty. Maybe that was the only meaning that mattered to be the world witnessing itself. That's what I wrote down. I yeah. wrote it in not making sense, but <laughs> that's okay. Which is very interesting yeah. way to frame things, but it is life is hard, man. Absolutely. It's, you're constantly facing hurdles and you kind of have to find the the glimmers of joy and hope and etc. Yeah, and that I bring something more. I feel like the, you know, high moments wouldn't be what they are if you didn't have moments of low. That's like, very true. You have to have balance to really feel the joy. Yeah. The high highs and the low lows, they yeah. sort of counterbalance each other. Yeah. One without the other. So sorry about that. Oh uh, my goodness. <laughs> would not be quite right. But anyway, they then go off to long year. Long year something. Long Yerbian. Long Yerbian. Yep. They had to land to like get dinner and stuff. And at some point, Hugo confronts her. Yeah, I also just want to note that, like, all of the people on the boat have labeled Nora as the saucepan warrior. 
after saving everyone from a bear. Yeah, sounds um, like a hardcore yeah, title. You it know, made me people chuckle. would really be intimidated by that. Well, and like just the originality in that name. <laughs> yeah. They really worked hard to come up they with stretched. that one. They stretched for that one. It all it wasn't given to them at all. No, no. Um, <laughs> yep. But then Hugo confronts her and talks about her being a different person. Yeah, he's like, I know something's off about you. Yep, and tells her that he is the same way mm-hmm. and has been living different lives for a while. Mm-hmm. And they go on to this conversation, which is intense. Can you imagine that one? You're crazy. You're experiencing this wild ass ride of <laughs> flipping through lives, yeah. experimenting with them, only to find that there's other people doing the same. Um, that would be insane. And also yeah. that you just happen to stumble upon each other, not in like root life, but in another possible life. That's a lot. That's How did crazy. they both converge there? I know. Why are they both in the same scenario? I don't know. Weird. Crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> at one point in their conversation, Nora imagines accepting herself completely and talks about how that must be what freedom feels like. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. When you yeah. have no constraints holding you back about being your truest self. That has to be freedom. Mm-hmm. But then they meet up again and have this whole conversation. Yeah. We learn that the like library isn't what it is for everybody. No. For Hugo, it's a video store. Yep. And, and his... the person who helps him is obviously not Mrs. Elm. It's his dead uncle. Right. Felipe. Felipe. And he calls the people that he meets who are flipping through lives sliders sliders yeah and he says that they all have something in common um which is the deep desire to have done things differently and they often feel like they'd be better off dead or in a different life Mm -hmm. um and nora counters with so they're all both dead and alive in your own their own mind and i was like yeah yeah that's rough it's crazy that's rough. You're alive, but your mind may not be fully involved mm-hmm. or accepting of the life. And then he brings up the universal wave function. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, I, I don't know if I was just too tired when I was reading this or what, but I, I literally took zero notes and I was just like, I don't know what any of this means. It's very fascinating. <laughs> um, I thought it was super interesting. This con- The content of this book was very interesting to me. I feel like I had an easier time reading it than you did. I know we talked about that yeah, a little bit. I really struggled to get into this. Yeah. Um, but the quantum wave theory, he essentially is just talking about, or wave function, um, that every possibility happens simultaneously in universes that exist over each other. So every possible outcome, all these lives that she's visiting are all happening at the same time, one mm-hmm. on top of another. And that's how you, I mean, I guess that's how they are slipping in and out of them is because they're right next to each other and in the same time, essentially all times happening at once though. I don't know. It makes your brain spin. Yeah. Well, and the thing that doesn't make sense about that to me is that, you know, in Nora's root life, it's still midnight. Mm-hmm. And she's moving through time in all of these lives. How is she not moving through time in her root life, too? Yeah, that's a good question. Plot hole, <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah. How is the time in these other universes not affecting? Well, if it's all happening at once, though, you can just jump to a different time 
in quotations, if all time's happening simultaneously. It's not linear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Did that help? I don't know if it helped me, but did it help me? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very, very... it's it's big it's a, yeah. a, a huge thought process and like brain game to yeah. ponder that well and i love the idea like this whole the more i talk about this book the more i like i don't know resonate with it and like i'm like yeah totally <laughs> but Heck yeah i want to go back and like reread it now yeah and see if i feel differently i don't know if it was just like a book slump i was in or what but yeah it's a deep it's a heavy book it's yeah. like dense and chewy like the content you it kind is of have but to it's parse things it. that i've always thought about yeah like, same i mean you and i have had similar conversations yeah, like yeah. prior to to having read this book yeah for sure um it's very interesting i think it's it's such a fun game of like human nature to question existence and Absolutely, like why yeah. we're here and what could be and etc and we just don't have the answers necessarily yeah um but this universal wave function is what is responsible for the experience they're having mm-hmm. is what Hugo gets at. And at one point, uh, Nora asks him like, who the heck is Mrs. Elm then? Like, is she God? Is she, w- what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of ponder that and come to the conclusion that it's just like their brain's way of simplifying the situation. Like, yeah. how do you go into this in between? Who knows what it actually is. Right. But your brain can only perceive so much with the information that it has. And it just sort of simplifies what they're looking at. And so yeah. it's created something that's comfortable to them. And, something that makes sense to them. Right. Which, you know, is different for both of them. So yeah. obviously it's coming from their mind. Yeah. So Mrs. Elm is a creation of hers. Mm-hmm. Is is her, I guess. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. it's all wild it is indeed all wild we also learn that hugo has lived in nearly 300 lives which is insane yeah how do you have time for that his real life he had an aneurysm yeah so is he just like on life support he must be and he just has time to freaking walk on through every possible life all of the time until i guess And apparently this this world that he's in now with Nora is the longest he's been anywhere. It's like Mm -hmm. five days he's been there. And they had met prior to Nora coming to this life. And Mm -hmm. so he knew that she was someone else. He, like, saw the signs. Yeah, he said that at breakfast she, like, introduced herself to him. Mm -hmm. But the day before they had talked for two hours or something like that. Yeah. So he knew immediately. Yeah. That something was up. Yeah. If not amnesia, then you are a completely <laughs> different person. <laughs> um, Nora expresses to him that she's concerned she's not going to find her ideal life in time. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't know how much time she has. And he says that, you know, they start listing all these possible timelines or lives that they could have interacted with. And he mentions, like, maybe we were married in one. And maybe we hated each other in another. Um, and then Nora kisses him. Mm-hmm. And are you looking for a quote? I was, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she kisses him, and then they go to his room. Yeah, he's like, I don't normally share a room, and she's like, maybe you should change that. Do you want to, big boy? <laughs> no, <Nope, Ew>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Rescind. Ah, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was bad. Nonetheless, okay, they get to his room. They get to his room and get busy. They get busy. And Nora is 
thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> so disappointed, in fact, that she goes back to visit Mrs. Elm. She does. Yeah, she was just talking about how he didn't seem like he was all there. Like, he'd lived so many lives mm-hmm. and that the only person he must be intimate with himself, having done that, is himself. Yeah. So she felt like she wasn't even involved. It was just all about him. Mm-hmm. And she said, no thanks, and left. Ah. Um. So she gets back. <laughs> Yes. To the library once more. And Mrs. Elm suggests not wasting any more time. They talk a little bit about Hugo and she essentially implies that he probably has more time than her and she's got to get busy finding a life. Yeah, she, you know, I don't remember if it was at this point. Yeah, there's an infinite number of lives for Nora to choose from, but her time could be limited. Right. We just don't know. Yeah. From her root life could be limited. Yeah. And as long as it stays midnight in the library, she has has as much time as she needs. To go meander. Yep. And she picks the one where she became a rock star. She does indeed. She goes off and... She wakes up. Wakes up. I don't know. Comes. She fades into the life and she's like backstage (laughs) at a show. Yeah. And again, this is immediately where I would become a puddle and go back to the library. (laughs) I think she talks about that a little bit, though, too. Like, the anxiety or the fear wouldn't send her back. It has to be, like, utter disappointment. I would be utterly disappointed. (laughs) Would you? I don't know. Like, what? I mean, yeah, I guess. But I I don't know. Nonetheless, she's not. She's afraid. I'm sure that for her, like, because this was something that in her past was a possibility. Yeah. She's curious. Right. And so the fear isn't enough to send her back. But yeah. for me, I would absolutely not. <laughs> nope. No, thank I know. you. Uh, the labyrinths are clearly well known. There's like <laughs> thousands of people waiting for their encore. Uh-huh. So they've already played a show. Yeah. She doesn't know any of the freaking songs. <laughs> she's and like, she's uh, like the lead singer yeah. and songwriter. Kind of important. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> and she's like, uh, pulls it out of her ass. Like we should do <laughs> bridge under troubled water. <laughs> yeah. The first song that she suggests, the band is like, oh, we just did that. Like yeah. 15 minutes ago. What do you mean? Yeah. And she's yeah. like, okay. How oh, about, yeah, sorry, I forgot. How about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something I know. Um, in this brief interaction, Robbie still seems resentful, even mm-hmm. though they've made it big. They did the thing. Mm-hmm. He seems to resent maybe her fame, the yeah. spotlight being on her. Yeah. Joe isn't performing with them. And when she asks Robbie where he is, he says something like, oh, probably schmoozing the press. Yeah. Um, And she kind of takes that and goes with it. She's like, oh, okay. So he's not like a part of the band, but he's still a part of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, And then they go out perform and it's like a cre- an incredible experience. Uh-huh. Nora says like she figures out that she's capable of way more than she thought because she gets to, she just had a great performance and they were gonna try to do another song they're like big one yeah um that i forgot the name of already. i did too but nora's like it's have a great night everybody like wolf no howl howl how is howl yeah <laughs> yeah and she's like no let's get out of here good night everybody um also she says that um like, as she was singing, she felt alive mm-hmm. and powerful. Yeah. Having 20,000 people, disembodied heads, <laughs> stare up at her. That no, is... thank you. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. But that is powerful. Absolutely. To have that big of a following. Yeah. Or, like, die hard and, you know. Yeah. Clearly would do whatever they could to be aye, in your presence. Aye, aye, aye. Um, but after the show, she finds out that she's still friends with Izzy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and she wonders why. Yeah. Because obviously she didn't go to Australia with Izzy. Yeah. But she's sending mm. her pictures of whales from Australia or yeah. something. Um, Robbie still seems unhappy. Like I mentioned, they're internationally famous. They were performing in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a different fire poem. Yeah. She had the fire poem in the life of, in Australia that essentially was like trying to take her grief and turn it into something. Whereas this one, it paints a picture of like the power is hers. She is power. Yeah. <clears throat> and then she... They get on the tour bus. Get on the tour bus. And she learns that she's got to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. She gets a call from Ryan Bailey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Ryan. Who is some sort of famous... Celebrity. Celebrity actor, who talks about philosophy. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> and in her root life, she was, like, in love with him. Yeah. She, she had, had the fantasies hots. about him. She had the hots for good old Ryan Bailey, only and to find... this life... Yeah. They're exes they're they exes. dated they dated she freaking dated her celebrity crush yeah but he seems pretentious he does yeah kind of douchey uh, yeah i don't think she was missing anything in her root life no the philosophy part that he put on for tv was all about publicity yeah, like it was nothing was real and then she meets joanna uh-huh who seems comforting the manager of the band the manager of the band and she looks at herself on socials again and, mm-hmm. you know, sees that she's obviously very famous and looks at one of the posts she put out recently that said something along the lines of, you can have everything and still feel nothing. Yeah. I'm like, dang, girl. So she's got millions of followers and still is obviously struggling with something in the way of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to the hotel. They do. And there's a bunch of people outside waiting for autographs. Mm-hmm. Which is intimidating. That's very intimidating. <laughs> Some guy asks her to sign his shoulder. Um, to make it into a tattoo. Yeah, to get a tattoo. That's a lot. I don't and want my he, signature tattooed on someone. He says something about one of her songs, uh, like, saving his life, basically. Yeah. And how uh, she says something about, like, I can't believe a song that I wrote when I was 19... Mm-hmm. had that much of an impact on someone's life. Yeah. I mean, cycling through all these lives, like her decisions and overcoming regrets have changed the path of everyone that she knows, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It is indeed. But then the podcast goes down. Yeah. Um, they don't the want podcast. to talk to any of the other band, just her. Which um, makes the whole uh, tension between her and Robbie worse um well it makes it like understandable from my point of view i'm like oh yeah that makes sense yeah i'd kind of probably be pissed too yeah yeah because yeah she's writing the songs but they are a part of it too you know right but the podcaster starts interviewing her about a number of things and we discover that in this live dan became like a stalker oh yeah Um, she's got a restraining order against him yeah he became a stalker was broke real... into her house. Yeah. Stole stuff? Yeah, he broke in and stole lyrics to a song. Mm-hmm. And then tried to claim that he wrote the song. Right. It was the same one that the guy was like, yeah. it changed my life. Yeah. Beautiful sky. Yeah. Um, they... <laughs> she realizes that she's involved in both praise and controversy mm-hmm. as a part of fame. They go through a list of things. They start talking about the songs that she's written and their meaning. Um... And she asks the podcasters if they wonder about different lives. 
And he's like, uh, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm sorry. And she gets into another, like, deep philosophical conversation with strangers, Uh which is unlike her character in that life anyway. She talks about how there's, like, no easy paths you can take and you essentially can't have happiness without sadness. Yeah. Which is very true. We touched on that before. I just saw in my notes, it was the podcaster that asked about, did you ever wonder... Like, where you would be if you had chosen a different path. So she wasn't the one who brought it up. It was him. Mm. Right. But. Yeah. Another. Beside the point. Deep philosophical conversation. Yeah. She starts to evaluate (laughs) her entire life as she sees new paths and possibilities. Yeah. And then they ask or mention her brother Joe. She says something about missing home Mm -hmm. sometimes. And the podcast host is like, (laughs) which one? Um. Yeah. You're one in L.A. or. (laughs) And she says, you know, the one in wherever they're from, I can't remember. Bedford? Bedford, yeah. Um, And the host is like, well, doesn't that make you miss your brother? Yeah. Who died two years ago? Overdose. From an overdose. Yeah. Ouch. I know. He was a part of the band and... Yeah. Drug, sex, and rock and roll. Yep. Got the best of him. Sad. Um... So, of course, she's, you know, not about that. I think yeah. she runs down and confronts Robbie. Yeah, she's it. like, what the heck? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, this has been a thing. And she's like, you said Joe. He's like, yeah, Joanna, the manager. Yeah. Uh, so she just, yeah. I that, can't imagine. Devastating. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, and at the end of that chapter, they, like, their lyrics to Howl, their famous song, mm-hmm. are written down. And it, they make it seem like the rock style life feels fake and suffocating to Nora. Like, the lyrics just make it feel like it's not the life she actually wants. And yeah. Even the Nora leading it is not having it. Yeah. Um, I feel like at that point she's probably just so, like, deep into it that she can't, you know, Yeah. get out of it. Yeah. She's famous. What are you gonna do? Even Everyone knows you your name and face. Like, break up the band, people are still gonna be like, hey, you're that person. I know you. Yeah. Get a whole bunch of plastic surgery. <laughs> Change Just your name. Become a new person. <laughs> and if you're known internationally, like where can you go? Where can you go? Yeah. You gotta go to the the deserted islands of that place. Nora land. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so this Nora feels stuck, clearly. Clearly. Um so you know, root life, Nora's like, bye. Yeah. My brother's dead, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go see Mrs. Elm. Back to Mrs. Elm. And she Elm. tells Mrs. Elm immediately that she hates this process and she doesn't want to do it anymore. Yep. And then the library starts freaking out. <clears throat> uh-huh. Library shutters. And then she remembers the polar bear and it stops. The polar bear meaning she doesn't want to die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she remembers. She's not just like, ah, polar bear and calms down. Um, <laughs> there's a quote on page 188 that she says to Mrs. Elm, um... Or no, Mrs. Elm says to her, the thing that looks the most ordinary might end up being the thing that leads you to victory. And I feel like she's hinting at that Nora keeps picking these, like, really big regrets that she wants to undo. She picks really big pivotal life moments. But Mm -hmm. they're also not just hers. Like, they're the dreams of everybody she knows, Yeah, the regrets she's chosen so far were other people's dreams. Yeah. And she's picking these large, grandiose ones instead of looking at the small bits and bobs here and there that mm-hmm. might have changed things dramatically. Yeah. Um, and she brings up a memory of Nora's about a party that she went to on a river and how she wanted to prove that she could swim in the river and was, like, 
in the moment of that memory she was stuck in the river and like afraid and mm-hmm. felt like she was couldn't e- get to the other side yeah she was like equidistant between both shores yeah um and she says something like struggling to survive not sure with which path to commit to and she realizes that in that memory in that moment she did commit to a path and like made it out alive yeah and that's kind of what she needs to do now like Mm -hmm. that's resonating in her current circumstance yeah yeah she also um i forgot what i was gonna say okay never mind (laughs) i do remember what i was gonna say now oh good um in this memory she has a moment where she like realizes that joe tried to help her and she thought that he never did try to help her yeah when she was stuck in the river and i just thought that was uh yeah it painted a different picture of her brother for yeah her. yeah more than just letting her go at it alone which yeah. seems to be the, the name of the game absolutely especially in her family yeah Jesus. all three of them um but then she says she wants a simple gentle life yeah a gentle life where, where she, she chose to work in an animal shelter an animal instead shelter. of at the music store. Yep. So and she goes. This life. It's boring. It's boring. Boring. She, you know, gets there, is working with the animals. Um, she did say it was, like, really easy to slip into this life because um, she didn't have to, like, pretend like she didn't know anything because they moved her to the dog shelter when she was normally in the, the cat shelter. Yeah. So it was normal for her to be asking questions. And yeah. Everyone was wearing name tags so she didn't have to, like, pretend like she knew people. Right. So it was a relatively easy transition. Yeah. And she goes out to have lunch after doing stuff with dogs and a random dude shows up. Um, Can we talk about Sally, though? The dog. Yeah. That she's taking care of. <sighs> Tell me about Sally. I don't remember. She's a bull mastiff and she's like afraid of everything and she's got cigarette burns all over her body. Oh, yeah. <sighs> That's so terrible. I wanted to hug Sally. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I wanted to go into like the animal related field, like vet tech or something mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger. Same. And then I worked in a freaking animal hospital as like a boarding person and i don't think i could do it i couldn't it's just heartbreaking seeing the the things that come in um um but more power to you nora in this life yeah so (laughs) there's a quote i wanted to read and that's why i wanted to talk about sally okay um nora you know in seeing this dog realized that she hates people and she (laughs) Uh, This quote said, Nora wanted to live in a world where no cruelty existed, but the only worlds she had available to her were worlds with humans in them. I wrote that down, too. Uh, Relatable. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Dogs over people. People suck. That's why I have free, free, I have three freaking dogs. Yeah. Although they're obnoxious. I mean, yeah. But I still love them. They're not as big of jerks as people can be. Yeah, they're not, like... And they don't ruining the world and like humans are. Yeah. And they don't do things maliciously. <clears throat> like most of the time if they're annoying, it's not because they're trying to be. No, it's because they want you to play with them. Yeah. Or poop or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but fair, Nora, I get it. Um, and she starts talking about how like the people that she's around are interacting with her as if she's a good person. Yeah. Like she's compassionate. Yeah. And maybe compassion is the basis of life. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's what it's all about. 
Which I think, in a sense, it can be. And Absolutely. is. Like, you gotta be compassionate towards each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dylan shows up. And we she finds Dylan. out that he's her boyfriend. And he calls her Norster. Norster. Which made me want to vomit. <laughs> <It's terrible. laughs> it feels very much like he is the embodiment of a golden, golden retriever. retriever. Yes. <laughs> that is the exact energy I got from him. Yes. He's shy, shaggy, <laughs> sweet, <laughs> but a little innocent a little derpy a little derpy for (laughs) sure um and Nora's like yeah Uh, right well I mean I guess this is the life yeah we also learned that they went to school together he's a couple years younger than her but he like mentions um always seeing her in the library playing chess with Mrs. Elm yeah and how Mrs. Elm's still alive yeah in an old folks home yeah um and she's like what (laughs) you kidding (laughs) (laughs) But then they end up going to dinner. Yes. Um, and they're walking to the restaurant and she notices that string theory, the place she worked in her root life is closed. It's closed. There's a note on the door. Uh, yeah. And she's like, well, Neil, maybe it wasn't my face after all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rude. Neil. <laughs> um, and she passes ash which he seems to show up in multiple lives he does yeah and in this one she's always thinking about him yeah yeah she's always bringing ash back to mind and she thinks about him having come to buy books and i don't know like she says something to him or smiles at him as they pass or yeah, something. Yeah, I think she, like, smiles and waves at him. And Dylan's and like, like, the heck? Hey, hey. Weirdo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan asks about it, and she says, just someone I knew in another life. Yeah. Or something. And I'm yeah. like, ah! Breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> and then they have dinner, um, and he seems very happy with his simple life. And... <laughs> he does indeed. They go back to his house afterwards, and he has just a bunch of dogs. He has a million. Too many dogs. And <laughs> and he tells her he's thinking about letting another dog sleep in his bed. Man. Which, that's all it says is another dog. I'm like, how many are there already sleeping <laughs> in your bed, dude? They don't say how many he has, I don't think. <laughs> Not a specific number. But then I'm like, man, if that's the biggest decision you have going on to make in your life yeah dylan that's do, a simple man, do life I for let sure. another dog sleep in my bed or, do <laughs> or I not? not and I he mean, tells nora he's like he cries all night he just wants his daddy uh, i'm like uh, gross <laughs> i mean i act like that with like my dogs kind of i do too but, but not, just something I, about yeah. him gives me the ick <laughs> yeah fair it's too much yeah. it's it's he's a lot too sweet yeah it's a little icky I need it's a little, too innocent i need a little darkness yeah a little <laughs> mystery or something also can you not kick the camera <laughs> did i you oh, did sorry friends um but <laughs> i think i just moved my feet and the ground shook because <laughs> yeah, i'm not even close how you oh it. maybe i touched the camera. anyway I it doesn't matter it, sorry youtube folks my chair just made a million noises i apologize <laughs> she just talked smack to me <laughs> well i was trying to look at what you did <laughs> Anywho, yeah, even Nora's like, you know, I think Dylan deserves the other Nora. Yeah, I'm not vibing with this she guy. She says that he deserves the Nora that fell in love with him. And that and is I, not me. I agree. Yeah. Everyone deserves someone who loves them for who they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dylan's sweet guy. If that's the other Nora, then go for it. Yeah. Baby. But it's not me. Okay, bye. Uh, um, before she leaves, though, they're like sitting in the apartment 
drinking a bottle of wine. Yes. And Nora's like, I'm going to polish off this bottle of wine before I go back to the library. <laughs> Might as well. I'm not going to be hungover. And while she's doing that, that, she's looking at the label on the bottle. Yep. And so when she gets back to the library, she tells Miss Nora that she wants the life that closest resembles the life on that bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, which is an interesting choice. Now she's just, like, making shit up. Yeah, she's, she's like, like I don't... give me anything. <laughs> <laughs> I want to test every possibility because I don't even know what to pick anymore. And in this one, she's married with a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, they own they multiple... A vineyard. Yeah, multiple vineyards. They're very successful. Yeah, she talks Their child about... is at boarding school, which That's... I thought was an interesting choice so you're you know <laughs> you're rich you're clearly. that kind of people you don't care to like develop your own child yeah <laughs> um and she says that it feels like it'd be very not, easy not digging on anyone who has a child yeah. in boarding yeah. school sorry sorry take that back <laughs> but you know they don't have time for a kid maybe yeah in they're this busy. scenario they have a they're lot of successful they're successful um, and she says that it feels like it'd be really easy to fake her way through this life because her husband feels very, like, um, aloof mm-hmm. and doesn't really pay much attention to her. Yep. And she's left wanting more, so she leaves. She does, indeed. And she she's starting to think that she's a little more like Hugo than she realized, like, in the beginning. Yeah. Like, she's just yeah wanting to try everything at this point. And so she starts. To. So she does. <laughs> Do you think that uh, a bunch of different lives would make you want to see what else is out there? Absolutely. Like if you yes and no. Like you, if you just kept living them, you're like, you know, this is cool, but what if there's but something what if better? There's yeah. something better. I feel like I would to an extent, but then like, I don't know. At the end of the day, I feel like I need stability in my life personally. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. I feel like I would be so afraid of picking the wrong one. Yeah. Like, I'd be so afraid that after exploring all these lives that were pretty good, which we had found out earlier that, like, once you leave one of the possibilities, you can't ever go back to it. can never go back, yeah. Um, So all these lives that seem great, but then you're still wondering what's better, so you leave it behind, but then you pick one. Like, I'd be so afraid of picking one that ended up being not what I want and ended up regretting, like, I should have been the glaciologist. I should have done that. I should have done X, Y, Z. That's too much power. Yeah, I feel like my anxiety (laughs) could not handle that. My anxiety could never, yeah. I would be overthinking every life. Ever. Yeah, well, and I would go into a life and be like, okay, this is great. Mm-hmm. This is great. Yeah. And I love this life. And there's nothing to be disappointed in. But what if there's... What, what if what there's if, What if this is the wrong one? Yeah. What if yeah. I die tomorrow if I pick this life? Right. Or some tragedy or could, happens or... Or I could pick a different life and live to be 100. Right. I know. The... I can't. I can't I... even think about it. <laughs> it's stressing me out. <laughs> I feel you. I know. And she just starts hopping and hopping all over town. All over. All over the mini towns. All of them. She does. All of them. She does. Except um, not because they're endless. <laughs> but it says that she tries thousands. Yeah. And we were talking earlier about how Hugo's been in 300 and we were like, God dang. I know. Shoot. Dang. But thousands. thousands? That's insane to me. And she talks about how, like, in some she's only there for a minute. and others, like, she lives... Five, ten days. Yeah. Um, which I'm like, that, that's got to be exhausting. How, and how are you doing all of this while you're like, root life is there. 
times all happening Still, at once. I don't. I know. It drives me I know, insane. I know. <laughs> um, but through all of this, she meets up with Hugo again and tells him that she's not having fun anymore. Like, she doesn't want to keep hopping through mm-hmm. lives. Um, and she starts to accept that in every possibility there will always be bad experiences but not only that like there will be good sprinkled in obviously as well yeah um so she goes back to the library again and talks about how she sort of feels lost in her lostness Uh she's just getting further down a black hole of lost yeah and she's like losing sense of who she is at all like yeah her name doesn't even sound like her name anymore it's just a noise right by becoming so many other versions of herself she's also becoming no one yeah like who is she yeah i mean which one is her base life do we know anymore um she starts to forget her regrets and her root life and then ultimately decides that she wants to see what life would be like with ash Mm -hmm. which uh he was coming up i i knew it i called it in my notes i was like this is gonna be the one same he was brought up far too often for it to, to be casual. To not be Featured. something that she explored later on. Yeah, she had to. And this is like a pivotal life, I think. It this is, experience yeah. is huge for her. For sure. Um, she wakes up in bed next to Ash. Mm-hmm. Well, and she questions at first if it's him because, yes, you can say yes to coffee with someone, but that doesn't mean that you're going to marry them. Like, yeah. It could lead you down a completely different path. So yeah. he's turned away from her when she wakes up in bed um and she's like i wonder if that's even him right because you can't be sure i mean freaking she went to australia with izzy and izzy wasn't there anymore um but she gets out of bed to do her routine googling of herself yeah she leaves the room and there's a tiny child just waiting outside the door for her yeah who had a nightmare that would have scared the crap out of me oh my god (laughs) you're not expecting a kid at all (laughs) yeah suddenly have one um, and she had a nightmare and needs her mom. Uh-huh. And Nora's like, uh, I'm not a mom. I am. But I don't know how to deal with this child. Yeah. But <laughs> has to, you know, figure it out really quick. And ends up, like, playing a game with the daughter. Yeah. The the daughter is there because she had a nightmare about bears, which made me giggle. The bear thing. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> Call back to a different life. Um... So to calm her down, uh, Nora brings her into a room and starts playing this game. That's like, let's talk about things that you already know. So, mm-hmm. you know. I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to tell me the answer, even though I already know it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> wink, wink. I'm not at all fishing for information. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, she finds out the daughter's name's Molly. Molly. I love Molly. I do too. They live in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And Ash is daddy. Ash is daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and still a surgeon. He is. Um, and Nora's a philosophy professor. Uh-huh. Or was. And is writing a book. I think she's <clears throat> retiring from professing. Yes. <laughs> no, teaching is the word. Professing. Uh, <laughs> to write a book. <laughs> to write her book. And um, Joe is alive and married to Awan. Yeah. He was married to Awan in the Olympian life. Yeah. Um, she also asks Molly, she's like, do mommy and daddy like each other? Mm-hmm. And they do. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, that's close. And then she's like, do we ever yell? Do we yell a lot? And Molly says, only when mom is really tired or something like that. <laughs> I feel you, Nora. <laughs> I feel you, girl. I don't know if I yell, but I'm not the same when I'm tired. <laughs> True. They have a... I, I have seen you tired. 
I would much rather deal with a tired you than a hangry you, though. Yeah, hangry's bad. Hangry it's not a good time. Not fun for anyone. No. Same though. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Don't get it. I hangry. have coworkers who all like be fine, and then all of a sudden I'm really grumpy, and one coworker specifically will be like, Sarah, go eat. <laughs> You're good. being a bitch. You need people like that. <laughs> You're being a bitch. <laughs> um, this seems like you know the perfect life. Yeah. Nora, the next day, goes out and explores their house, and it seems to have, like, little pieces of everything mm-hmm. that she loved. Like, All there's of the lives. instruments, there's philosophy, philosophy books, um, all sorts of stuff, glacio- glaciologist books. There's, there's a little bit of everything. There are books about glaciers. There sure are. <laughs> um, it seems to be a happy life, one that's fulfilling. Uh-huh. Um, she doesn't find any antidepressants and really starts to think, like, I could be happy here. Yes. Um, they have a dog. They have a dog named Plato. 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 I love Plato. Back to the philosophy of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and she starts to sort of get in a groove with Molly and is happy that Molly's there because there's no like real turmoil or problem in any part of her life. And Molly challenges her, is what she says. Sorry if you hear someone moving a trash can or something. It's like, what is that? It sounded like <laughs> someone banging on something. No, or maybe, I don't know. Who knows? It could be any number of things. It doesn't matter. As yeah. long as no one's breaking into the house. I don't think so. Fine. I think my dogs would tell us. Maybe. <laughs> They're kind of pansies, but. Um, but as she's like settling in, she starts worrying about leaving this life. Yeah. Like she worries that when she goes to bed, she's not going to be there again. Yeah. Um. She really starts to settle in, and it definitely feels like this is the place she's going to end up. It does. Um, it does. It does indeed. Um, yeah, and she, like, starts to... I think she starts to kind of fall in love with Ash a little bit, too. She does. She asks sure. him about, like, if he believes in multiple universes. <laughs> yes. Um, and he's like, I mean... He's like, yeah, I do. Yeah, sure. And then she's like... Would you believe me if I told you I've lived them? And he's like, (laughs) I love you. (laughs) You always make me feel normal. Yeah, because she (laughs) is talking crazy. But it makes him feel normal. And and she says, you know, it's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, Ash was looking at the woman he's in love with. Yes. So even if she's spouting weird stuff, I mean, she's also philosophy for a whoa, I'm philosophy professor, right? So she's talking about existence and you know yeah. crazy stuff all the all time. The time. I'm yeah. sure this isn't the first time. Yeah, um, and then they go to see Joe. They do. And she <sighs> keeps seeing bits of other lives even there. Like, yes. they have a bottle of wine that has the vineyard, the vineyard of the life, yeah. and it's Eduardo, who was her husband, and some and other different lady. wife. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan Bailey's movie's out. He comes back up. And she has no desire to, like, look into Dan at all in this uh, life. Fair. Fair. I mean, yeah. Dan's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe is taking a break from alcohol. So alcohol seems to be like a running problem for him in all of these lives. Yeah. He also apologizes to her for being horrible. Yeah. To her when she left the band. Mm-hmm. It seems like they have grown past resentment in yeah. this life. And that Molly sort of was like a catalyst for change for them. Yeah. I think Iwan was a little bit too because he says, you know, something about not really 
not necessarily not believing her about the panic attacks, but not believing that it was as bad as it was until he met Awan. And Awan also struggles with mental health and has panic attacks. Which, like, makes me mildly salty. Like, you can't just take your sister at her word. Yeah, why do you gotta meet someone else to... That you're in love with. Like, it's a different relationship for it to speak true. I mean, maybe he didn't see them happen, like, in her day-to-day and stuff. But nonetheless, I'm like, it's your sister, bro. Sorry. (laughs) It's your sister. Um, And then, at some point, she's out playing with Molly and starts remembering parts of this life that Mm -hmm. she hadn't lived um, it was the other Nora who had gone through them, but she starts remembering them as if it was her. Yeah, she, like, gets a phone call from someone and knows who it is, even though she's never met her. hmm And she feels, from that, she starts to realize that she's feeling love mm-hmm. for Molly and for Ash in this life and starts to be afraid of losing it. Because um, she never really had that in her root life. You know, she never really had true, unconditional love yeah with anybody i mean her family was only out for her to gain them something absolutely yeah. dan same story mm-hmm. freaking you name it they yeah. were all just asking her to provide them with something ultimately yeah um Which but it's is... i know it's sad it's very sad and annoying and it all <laughs> built to one terrible climax y'all yeah. like you really pushed her to her edge yeah um, but it seems like Ash and Molly and the life they've built is very wholesome and yeah. supportive and, you know, everything yeah. that she's been missing. Um, and then she starts to feel like an imposter, though, because mm-hmm. of it. Like, this isn't even my life. She yeah. didn't even earn it. Yeah, she has a, a C-section scar and she's like, you know, I didn't earn this daughter that I love because I didn't go through it. <laughs> yeah. Which is so sad. I feel so bad for both Root Life Nora and the Nora that... I know. ...was taken from her life. Yeah. Because... She's just... I think this is when uh, it's mentioned that, like, you know, Nora has this deep feeling that she's going to be taken back to the library at any minute. And she can feel the other Nora there ready to take her place when she leaves. So is she just, like, watching this other version of herself love her daughter and take care of her daughter and is in the back of the brain like that's my kid give me my kid back you bitch i can't even imagine like if that were to happen to me yeah like if a different danielle came trompson in caretaking my daughter yeah like, get your freaking hand. I don't care if you're me. <laughs> get your hands off my baby. That's my baby. You can't push me out of my life. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That would be heartbreaking. But then you're also so heartbroken for Nora that this is, like, the first time that she's felt, she's felt any love. sort of meaning and yeah. love. And, like, but she also recognizes that it's, she's. It's not hers. It's not hers. Yeah. <sighs> I know. I'm so sad about that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But she decides, you know, that she needs to go visit a friend in Bedford. Uh-huh. She wants to go see Mrs. Elm. Yep. Um, which she heard about in another life that she was still alive. So she's going to see if that remains true. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It does not. <laughs> yeah. She goes to the home that Mrs. Elm should be and finds that she passed a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but who is there? Good old Mr. Mr. Bandry. Bandry. And... 
he, in her root life, refused to ever be put into an old person's home. Yeah, which is um, why Nora helped take care of him a little bit. Yeah, he stayed in his house that he'd had forever. Yeah. And so when she, she, this is like the first interaction where she sort of starts to recognize that her not living her root life has affected a bunch of people around her. Mm -hmm. So while she felt this existential dread that she was worth nothing and made no impact in the world, this is the first glimpse of, like, I did, though. Yeah. Um, One, Mr. Bandry. Then she sees Leo, the piano student. She leaves the home and sees Leo getting arrested. Yeah. For shoplifting. Mm -hmm. Um, And remembers a conversation with his mom before she started the piano lessons about you know, Leo falling in with the wrong crowd and getting mixed up and she wanted to do this to distract him and it worked. Um, so like when he started doing good in, in the piano lessons, he started doing good in other things in his life too. Right. He was a good student. He was playing sports and not shoplifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it impacted Leo directly too. Yeah. Uh, she brought him out of that. And... You know, she's starting to realize that impact and she knows that she's different now and looking at her root life in a different lens. Mm -hmm. Like she's seeing that it was more than she could even perceive at the time because she was so just consumed by her sadness and loneliness. Yeah. Um, And she's like, this is a good life. I want to stay. But she knows that she's on her way out. Yeah. And this I have it written down right here. She starts to feel like she's, like, weakening, and she can feel the other Nora, of the Nora of this life, waiting in the wings to take over where she leaves off. We need explanations, Matt Haig. Tell I me. I need to talk to you, Matt Haig. <laughs> <laughs> right now, sir. What happens to them? It reminds me of good old T.O.G. in some capacity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to spark that. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. This was happening in my brain while you were talking. It's fine. <laughs> the The whole point of the in between is that you're like so thoroughly disappointed in your root life, and you, you know, whatever. These people, people, these Noras who whose lives she is taking over aren't disappointed in their lives. They're happy, or at least to some capacity, presumably. Except for maybe the Nora with Dan. Yeah, I mean, who would be happy with that man, really? (laughs) So, they're not being sent to the in-between when she comes to take over their life. Because they aren't to the point that she was in her root life. Yeah. (gasps) It drives me crazy. Yeah. Well, and she's just coming and shitting on their life. Yeah. They're like, it's not that bad. Damn, girl. (laughs) Jeez, why are you so harsh, Nora? (laughs) That is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And I feel like if she were to choose one, do they just disappear? What happens They just to dissipate? Them? They're gone? They, they cease to exist? Do their consciousnesses merge Combine? into one? I mean, if that's the case, well, that's still kind of messed up. I don't know if I want to share a consciousness with somebody. Uh, no. But are they the same but consciousness? Is how... How... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it said that... That... She starts remembering things as she, like, settles more into a life. So is that the consciousnesses merging into one? 
Even when, though it's the same con, but it's not the same because she can feel her <laughs> waiting in the wings to take over. But it's Nora. I know it is, but, also, but they're different people. I understand. They are. <laughs> and what if when they merge, they don't recognize the differentiation. They just are. Right. But. So then nobody's getting the shit in at stake. I mean. Like that. Yes. The, but the Nora- what about. What about. <laughs> While she's waiting on in the wings over here in the little brain, uh-huh. she is getting the shit end of the stick. And eventually, yeah, if they merge, it would, like, all disappear. The whole, you know, she would forget about the library and whatever. And all of their memories would become one. But what about in the meantime, before that happens? She's just sitting idly by wondering if she's going to be kicked out of her own life. Am now. I losing my daughter? Yeah. I mean, that's crap. Yeah. But I wonder... <laughs> If when they merge, is it actually Root Nora that's lost? Or is it that Nora? Because does Root Nora become that Nora? Like, does she, if she's meant to forget the library and that whole experience, does she forget her whole Root life also? Right. And just become new Nora? Right. (sighs) Guys. She's got to. Because otherwise, how would you explain that to yourself? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are dreams just you remembering your Root life? Dude. Or your imagination. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to have an existential crisis. Same. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That's wild. Yeah. And I need everyone to tell me what they think. Please. (laughs) Please. Let us know your thoughts, Because now I'm going to go down a spiral for the rest of the night. This book did so many things to my brain. (laughs) Same. But I love this conversation. Me too. (laughs) Anyhow, y'all. We got to finish talking about (laughs) this We sure do. We're close to the end. Um, But... She fades out. She does. Um, She's, like, telling herself, this is the best life. This is the best life. Yeah. This is the best life. But it doesn't work. No, she gets back to Ash and Molly and knows that they're going to be okay. Knows that they're going to be looked after. Because they have each other. Right. And Nora. Yep. The real Nora. Well, that life's real Nora. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then she gets back to the library and it's on fire. It is hell the roof the roof the, the roof, roof is on fire <laughs> sorry it was bad um and she's like oh shoot what is going what's on what's going on things are trembling yeah this is not the, good the lights in the ceiling start shooting sparks and light the books on fire yeah and mrs elm is you know she's like you gotta Get out of here if you want to live. Because Nora does want to live. She just knew that that life was perfect, but it wasn't hers. Yeah. And so Mrs. Elm tells her that she needs to find this one book that won't be burnt. There's only going to be one. Before this, Nora, like, begs Mrs. Elm to send her to the closest variation of the life that she was just in. Yeah. And Mrs. Elm is like, bitch, I can't. Yeah. Everything is on fire. Do you not see the fire? (laughs) That is just not going to work, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Your root self is almost gone. Yeah. Like, there's not much we can do here. You got to get back to her. Yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she has to find a specific book that won't burn that's, like, 11 miles down or something in the middle (laughs) on on the the bottom bottom shelf. shelf, (laughs) And I'm like, damn, Mrs. Elm, you can't make it easier? It is the only book that won't catch up. Mrs. Elm, can you just go find it for me? Yeah, straight. You had magic to summon books before. Like, can you not get this one? Come on. Uh, <laughs> so she runs to go get it uh and it's an empty book 
Yeah. Which is just like equating her root life to endless possibility or potential. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so she tries writing stuff in it. Yeah. She tries to write, I I want to live. live. I I choose to live. Choose. I, etc. Yeah. And then finally says, I am alive. Yeah. It's like affirmations. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not related to this podcast. I mean, it is, but it It absolutely is. (laughs) (laughs) But she wakes up. She wakes up with vomit all over. She wakes up near death. Yeah. She is in a state. Yeah. And she needs to find help. She can't use her phone. Yeah, isn't she, like, yelling? She's like, help, help. She runs out. She can't run. She crawls. Okay. She (laughs) makes her way out of the house. She is dying. Yeah. Okay. She scrambles in whatever way she can (laughs) to get out of the house and find help and goes to Mr. Bandry. Yeah. And is like, you need to freaking call somebody. I'm about to die. So she does. No, if she says that many words. But (laughs) she's um, like, help, please. Yeah, please help me. (laughs) So she is saved. Um... And makes it out. Her brother Joe comes to visit her at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they reconnect. Because remember, in Root Life, they're very disconnected. He yeah. didn't even say hi to her when he was in town. Yeah. Um, and they have this moment. They do. He apologizes, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He apologizes. They sort of rekindle. And... Uh, sorry. You're good. There's a quote that I wrote down that says, life begins on the other side of despair. And I feel like Nora very much feels like, yes, all the things that were bad are still bad, but she yeah, has they're not going away. But looking forward. Yeah. Um, she also finds a text message in her phone from Izzy, who, uh, she's like, sorry, I didn't get back to you sooner or something. Or she is just responding to the message that Nora sent. And it came at like 12, 13. Yeah. So she would just waited. I know. 15 more minutes. But Izzy doesn't even know what happened. No. Like she has no idea. Um, but I'm glad that Izzy reached out to her. Yeah. Hopefully they can build a friendship again. Yeah. Um, she gets to talking to Joe about Awan in mm-hmm. this life too. Oh, yeah. And Nora's like, you gotta go for you it. You gotta. You got to. And knows his last name. Uh-huh. And Joe's like, uh, why? Uh, I don't even know I his don't last even. name. She's like, you don't need to understand. You just have to do. Like, Trust you just your gotta live. Sister. Yeah. <laughs> just go for it. Um, and she says that she is not, in fact, black hole, which she described herself as before, uh-huh. but a volcano. And. She starts seeing parts of these lives that she walked through. She sees Dylan at some point, Mr. Golden Retriever. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Elm. She sees Ingrid on TV or in a magazine Yeah, or she, like, looks her up, I think, yeah. on Facebook and sees some stuff about her. And says, you never know how it ends. Yeah. It's true. You don't. I have a question. Okay. Do you think that any of that happened? I don't know. Or do you think it's just, like, DMT? (laughs) I mean, when you die, your brain releases DMT. Yeah. I don't know, friend. I... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't either. I'm like, could she have actually chosen a life? I don't think she could have stayed in any of them. I don't think she could have, because, well... I don't think she could have. 
Because she wanted to stay in that life. Yeah. Even feeling like she didn't earn it, she still wanted to be there. Right. She wasn't disappointed in it at all. No. And that was, like, the thing that Mrs. Elm said would bring her back. Yeah. So is this not just her mind, like... Playing tricks on her? Trying to give trying her a reason to, get her to, to realize. Yeah. Like, there's more to life than... Yeah. What you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't think she could have ever picked one. And... No. It was just sort of like an ego death. It was a death of everything she once knew about herself. Yeah. And learned a bunch of stuff in reflecting on that life. Yeah. So that she could grow. And and be reborn in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Wild. This book was a ride. (laughs) It was a trip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was very good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to reread it. I should. And report back. Yeah. I'd like a 10-page paper <laughs> on your thoughts. College ruled, please. <laughs> APA. MLA? Who knows? Um, it's I, I enjoyed it. What would you rate it? Uh, I, don't... <sighs> I can tell you mine. Yeah. I think I'd give it a four. Okay. Maybe four and a half, even. Okay. I think that the content itself really speaks to me personally. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what I enjoyed about it so much. And it really takes you on a journey. It sort of keeps you guessing about what actually is going on. Yeah. Like, literally at the end, I'm like, was that just, like, a fucking fever dream DMT trip, like, yeah. in her death? Or was there some reality behind it for her? Like, the con- quantum wave whatever. Yeah. I know that that's actually a scientific theory. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, is that not something we could prove in some capacity? Right. Uh, I don't know. I had a lot of questions. I enjoyed the read. It was... The writing, I don't know, would be my favorite if it weren't this content, yeah. but I really enjoyed the book. Yeah. And it made me think a lot. It gave me perspective, too, like good reminders about life of, like, you know, there's going to be happiness alongside the bad. Absolutely. And, like, yeah. you just have to be the truest version of yourself. Like, all of these things that were impactful, and I think it held a lot of weight. So I'd say probably four or four and a half. Okay. I enjoyed it. I think overall, right now, I would probably give it uh like a three three and a half okay um like i said i want to reread it (laughs) the more that i have talked about it the more i like it and i almost want to bump it up to three and a half four but i'm gonna keep it where it's at for now um there was some plot holes for me fair um weren't explained but then i'm like if it wasn't real then that doesn't matter it's true, but it does to me. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. If it's true, if it happened, and yeah. it was a possibility, and we don't know. there's no we don't mean, know. merging. Anyway, we already went through that. We don't know if it was if it really happened or not. Right. So, yeah, I, I liked it overall. Like, three, three and a half is still a good rating for me. I yeah, would still sure. recommend it to people. Yeah. Um, I just, I want to reread it and see... See if I feel differently. I also was in a little bit of a book slump reading this, mm-hmm. so that could very well affect my rating, too. That's fair. Yeah. But I love the the conversations it brought up. Yeah. Um, this was fun. It was a, really a fun one to talk about, for It very sure. much was. Yeah. I think we got down some good paths. Yeah. Um, and now I want to talk to everyone about it. So I So y'all should, like, send us your thoughts. Yeah, please. You can uh, watch this episode unfold on youtube books and crannies podcast you can follow us on tiktok same handle instagram same handle yeah 
and listen on any podcast platform if you aren't there already. Yeah. Um, next week. Next week. Next we week. We are finishing off Agamath. We're finishing y'all. off Agamath. I am so excited My, for next yeah, episode. I love this So book. excited. And this Me last too. section. I know. Chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, y'all. Uh, so February math real quick. 12th? 12th. The day before my birthday. Yeah. Hey. We will be talking about Chap- math. Chapters, chapters 47 through 69. Yes. The end of the book. 69. <laughs> uh, uh, nice. Um, <laughs> so please tune in. Please. If we left you on a cliffhanger and you're pissed, we're coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back with a bang, y'all. We sure are. Um, and we would really, really appreciate if you subscribe. Excuse me. Subscribe. If you subscribed or followed on whatever platform you are interacting with, leave us a rating. A rating on a podcast platform means a lot. Absolutely. Um, commenting on our content is awesome. And share it with your friends. Tell your friends yeah, about it. Please. If you're an avid bookie and you don't necessarily like these books, but your friends might, share it with them. Yeah. And come back when we talk about books you do like. And if you don't like these books, go visit us on any of the commentable content TikTok youtube instagram and let us know what you might want us to talk about mm-hmm. please yeah please do we are very excited about future episodes yeah. and we have and we're very open to suggestions endless possibilities endless possibilities that's right all right y'all thanks for listening happy reading we will see you next time yeah thanks guys bye bye